Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash errorstar. That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Season 2 of the LARP Lounge. Woo! Good to be back. I'm excited. Today we have... Krothus Quince with us, and he's going to be talking about artificing as well as a few other things today. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming uh, out. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Let's go ahead and real quick, let's do all these um, alerts real quick. And I'm not going to sing every time, just one time. Okay, the bit boss did take damage. Okay. about a minute behind a phone or PC. So any comments I make in chat are going to be slightly behind. Sorry, no problem. Any chats are welcome regardless. So. Oh yeah, and I've actually noticed that as well. Like we have a, a TV that has like the built-in Roku stuff. Yeah. And I think it's because they use their own weird Twitch app. It's not the actual Twitch app mm. that you're logging into. It's like some Twitch viewer app or something like that specifically available through Roku mm. and I think that's why it's got a little bit longer of a delay oh okay alright well real quick since we got all those new follows I appreciate everybody for following would you be mine could you be mine won't you be my neighbor hi neighbor that's it but I am thinking of rebranding everything like uh, I was doing something where like they're suiting up or something like welcome to the do you get rid of Mr. Rogers yeah my I don't know. There's so many viewers that don't even get the reference, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, uh. so. Um, all right, so let's jump into it here real quick. Let's see. It should be annoying that it's all delayed like that. Uh, oh, well. It's annoying, but. We do what we need to. Yeah, we do what we need to, so. Um, so let's start off real quick. You just recently received a position. Uh, Are you introducing? Yeah, I did. It's, oh, it's, okay. it's, I did. Yeah, it's Crothless Quince. Crow. It, Everyone calls him Crow. Former sheriff of Northwatch. Uh, so he just recently, as um, not as his character, but as his individual person, has received a, I guess, kind of a promotion. I don't know what you want to call it, but he's received a position. Well, a, st- a staff position. A staff position. So if you want to go ahead and talk about that real quick. Oh, so uh, just, just recently, uh, both myself and one other person were named as the new player emissaries. So player emissaries are the kind of go-to go-between, I, I guess we'll say, between the player base and everything else going on in Mythic. So whether it's rules-related or plot-related, character uh, creation-related, anything of that nature, uh, that's what the player emissaries do. They specifically connect with the player base 
to make sure that problems aren't occurring or problems that are already existent get resolved. Cool. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit in one of our episodes during season one where we talked about, you know, the rules and the responsibilities and whatnot that the uh, that the player emissary goes over. I just wanted people to know who the, this is one of the new ones for anyone that's interested in coming. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to say to anybody that's interested in Mythic Realms? Like, did they come to you or any questions? Or Yeah, so, so we've had uh, several people already, but if you're interested, if you're not quite sure what to do in this LARP thing, if you're new to LARP or even if you're from a, from a different LARP but you kind of want to come see what we've got going on, I would say approach us, either either myself or the other person, uh, as the player emissaries to get a feel for how our rules work, how you might be able to uh, integrate kind of your, your previous characters from other LARPs, or if you have an older character from Mythic, uh, we can kind of pull that back in and get that character revived a, a little bit, as it were. Um, I, I specifically am looking to resolve some kind of known issues that we've had. You know, anytime that you get a, a gathering, a big group of people, there are going to be people that have, have issues either with other people or with the uh, system or the game that you're playing or anything like that. You get 30 to 60 people all playing one game. Somebody's not going to like how it is. And so it's, it's kind of my goal over the course of especially this year to resolve all those things so kind of some of the compounded frustrations from the past are alleviated so and if you do have any of those questions or anything like that uh, but you don't want to like come and, and go to an event first you can always email mythicquestions at gmail.com and those come to the player emissaries and we can answer those questions Mythic and everything questions. like that even before you 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 come and join. No, not that. The mythic questions at gmail.com, the email address. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so real quick, Lone Star says Mr. Rogers must not be forgotten. And then Amy Chibi says, has there ever been a person playing a major antagonist slash villain? Uh, first off, I think you've been here before, Amy Chibi, so I want to say welcome back. Thanks for coming back. Um, as far as playing an antagonist or villain, we did have the the first thing that comes to mind is the Gerdatskis. They weren't necessarily villains, but they were very they were antagonists for sure. They They definitely got a lot of stuff done, but they got a lot of ire drawn towards them um if you're interested in them about them at all the actual the season finale of season one was the garadetskis so you can kind of hear some of their uh some of their goings on some of the mischief that they got up to and the different things that they did and they they knew what they were doing for sure so um, well, it's, it's it's really kind of funny like i think they even mentioned it uh in their thing and everything um they uh brought the group of people in not expecting the the town the other players to put up with it yeah so so they fully expected to be there a few weeks maybe a couple of months before they were either killed or driven out of town and they were just such a force to be reckoned with and actually you know got stuff done that people just let them get away with the things mm-hmm. that they were doing mm-hmm. we we have had a couple of a couple of players that 
I I would say have been the villain. Like yeah. they they've come in with that kind of villain archetype, and they've wanted to be the the bad guy. The problem is, anytime you want to play that, and it's fully encouraged. Like if that's something you want to do, absolutely. Let's just be aware that if that is something you're going to be doing, you want to be intelligent about it. Because I think everybody so far who has come in as that villain has has been dealt with one way or another. Either chased out of town or just killed or something of that nature. They they've been discovered quickly because it was poorly handled. So um, another one that happened, like he wasn't necessarily a villain to begin with, but due to events at the last Winterfest, he'd certainly ended up as a villain. Uh, yeah. That would be Leaf. Leaf. He is now a demon of the Dream Realm. Yep. So and demons are frowned upon. So frowned upon. Yeah, very. That's putting it lightly. But uh, so yeah, that's another instance where you know his his retirement ended up making him a villain. Yep. And there have been discussions about what to do about him, whether to leave him there or if we want to go after him, or, or you know, or if certain things have happened in game, and a few people thought, well, maybe that that's him. We actually had an event where. Some people were getting killed by dream guard, dream gargoyles, and they ended up waking up in the dream realm with his character kind of running them down, and they got free. But like, so he's, I I find that kind of interesting that they didn't just leave it. They didn't just say, "Okay, he's retired as a demon. Voila, you're done." They're they're starting to integrate it into some of what's going on, and then that was one thing I thought was really interesting. So yeah, there's there's a lot of characters who have a meaningful impact on the story are not just kind of left to the wayside. Like yeah. there, there are always things that happen in the back end, you know, with Leaf and with the Gerdetskis, you know, as, as we've said before, um, with several other retired characters. I mean, even like King Gill, you know, yeah, is, now, is now one of the largest, most influential people as an NPC in game. But he started but, off. But was just a, a PC. It was just mm-hmm. a player. Yep. Uh, to, to begin with. Yep. So, that's true. So, so same thing with uh, Queen Natasha. Yep. Queen so, Natasha. King King Gil, Queen Natasha, all that. They were all PCs. They were all player-driven characters mm-hmm. that got to the point where on their retirement, they just became very important. Very important and influential for sure. So, um, speaking of Winterfest, since I did mention that, they have announced the Winterfest for this year. So, Lone Star, you might want to pay attention to this specifically because I know you're interested maybe making this your debut for your character. This is the forum that talks about the Winterfest and when it will be and if you have any questions or anything like that. We don't have a venue yet. Um, there are discussions going on about that, so we will see. Uh, but Winterfest will be taking place February 28th and the 29th. Um, They usually go really late on the 28th and then break up and then start really early on the 29th. So there there will probably be a lot of people who don't go to sleep that night. So it's in the in the normal scheme of everything. We kind of have our our half day events, our full day events and our weekend events. This is a very rare occasion where we call it an overnighter event, mm-hmm. where it, it starts the one day, goes overnight to the next day, and where they do have kind of a, a schedule of, you know, hey, we're going to start at this time. We're going to go to, you know, this time, which I think is like 2 a.m. or something like that as far as plot-driven things, and then we're going to clean up everything like that, and then everybody needs to be back by this time the next morning. 
there's a lot of people who will just stay up the whole night and just and turn it into a full overnighter where it's just role playing and stuff happens constantly all night long until the next morning. I remember last year we didn't make it to the following day. Yeah, yeah, we a lot of everybody was just so beat. Oh it was, yeah, that was that was so hard. It was very difficult. So we definitely didn't make it for that. So, uh, but yeah, if you have any questions about the Winterfest or um, are interested about Mythic Realms, like I said, you can question. You can ask him any questions at Mythic Questions at Gmail. You can always ask questions now on the stream. That's what we're here for. You know, to answer any questions you have about LARP or Mythic Realms specifically. Um, or if you have questions about Mythic, the uh, Winterfest, you can ask them in that forum, and they're there to help uh, yep. answer any of them for you. So yep. that would be a great great opportunity to introduce characters there's a lot of new people that do show up for Winterfest we get a lot of people from other LARPs that show up for just that event so it's it's a it's a pretty big oh, yeah. it's like our premiere event for sure so yeah yeah and that's that's one of the reasons that we're still in the midst of searching for a venue and everything like that is just because finding a place that we can seat that many people all for you know because of course Winterfest being a big celebration and everything uh, has a dinner portion as well where everybody sits down and eats and everything so finding a venue where we can set up enough tables and chairs and uh, room just space to walk around and everything for that many people is quite difficult yeah so and then of course we need a place where if if we have that many people and say a scuffle breaks out or a fight or something like that, we're not going to damage anything. Yeah. So like, unfortunately a lot of standard reception centers and stuff like that aren't going to work because the last thing we want to do is have everybody in there with their gear and, you know, weapons and everything like that and have one person swing their sword and hit a, a chandelier or knock over a nice, you know, uh, ornate lamp or, or yeah. something like that. You know, we of course don't want anything like that to happen. So yeah, it's fun. Has there been any talk about going back to the venue from last year or? Um, I think they have been in talks with them, but I, I, that I honestly don't know. Like that's, that's being taken care of by people I, over I me. I liked so. how roomy it was when we were eating. Like we didn't feel crowded. Yeah. So that was one of the biggest things. So like the dining portion was, oh, and it's not all dining either. Like I shouldn't call it the dining portion. It's the role play portion. Right. Because there's a lot of role play the, going on. The dinner portion. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's a lot of role play going on. Like for instance, we had, um, an individual who showed up and was accusing people that they had mugged him outside of town, which was a little fun thing that that we had to deal with as uh, sheriff and deputy. So we had to deal with it. Um, it was it was quite fun. Just he picked the worst people to accuse. Yep. Like you know, I mean, <laughs> so just fun things like that happen during the role play section. So. But yeah, I think that's about it on those. So if you have any other questions, just go ahead and feel free to ask or post them in that forum and they'll answer them for you. So uh, now that we've got all that out of the way, we're going to take a deep dive into artificing. Now that we've gotten... So last season we talked about all the basic skills. Uh, artificing deals with a lot of the crafting skills like, uh, what is it, weaponsmithing, armorsmithing. What are some of the other ones? Uh, let's see, we've got alchemy, armor... Uh, scrolls, runes. What else we got? We got weapons. Oh, I brought my list. That's why. Who wants to open here? Yeah, so we've got alchemy, armor, medicine, runes, scrolls, tinkering. That's what I oh, forgot. Tinkering. And, uh, and weapons. Okay. 
So we're going to go over kind of what each of those is individually real quick. So what was the first one you had on there? So out, out chemical. Okay. So that's going to be your standard set of alchemy things for uh, your regular crafting. You're going to be your potions and poisons. In artificing, it's going to be your elixirs. Now, the big thing about... Artificing specifically is regardless of the artifice talent, there is going to be a main implement and then augments. Augments are a certain number of other skills that you can put into an implement that make them even stronger. So, and it just kind of depends on how powerful you make the implement for how many augments it can, it can then take or receive. So with alchemy, you're going to have your elixirs. These are going to be little little potion bottles and everything like that that you take a drink of before each logistics or before a fight, depending on what the what the specific elixir does, and is meant to kind of augment utility skills. A lot. So it's the the big thing about the alchemical stuff is augmenting a lot of utilities. So if you want to, uh, if you want to have your your trips or your certain utility spells and stuff like that do other abilities, an elixir is going to be what does that for you, as well as things like increasing your life. You know how many how many hit points total you have and and things like that. The representative, I unfortunately don't have one uh, because they they vary so so much. Uh, a alchemical fizz rep can be literally any bottle, so you don't have to physically take a drink out of it you know you have to go through the the mimicking motions of it and everything like that so even if you just had like a a little bottle full of some water and some uh food coloring you don't have to drink it that just kind of represents your your elixir that you keep so uh before we kind of dive into what a lot of the things uh can do specifically or or any questions that come up or anything like that it should be noted that in Mythic specifically, all artifice items are one, not considered magic. So they are not magical items, even though they may replicate or duplicate magical things, they are not magical items oh, okay. in, in, in their own. And two, all artifice things have an expiration date. So standard expiration date is going to be six months, like even the the standard crafted things. But everything is going to have an expiration date of six months, maybe longer, maybe less. So uh, when you get an artifice item, uh, you need to make sure you keep track of what the expiration date is and everything like that because especially in the case of like weapons or armor and stuff that can drastically change your character from one game to another Mm -hmm. even after the course of like a month if if it expires so you really need to pay attention to those i know we've had a couple of times where artifice things have come in people don't pay attention to the expiration date and even a month or two after they've expired they're still using the item and of course that causes logistical rules problems in game so 
Yeah, real quick. Let's go. So Nevitz showed up and he uses bacon. Oh, uh, Nevitz. Lone Star says, I dig this new camera angle. And Nevitz says, can't see the shield, though. That's true. We could just lower the shield. We put it a little too high. So that was probably part of the problem there. Uh, my producer, Shay, says, right now, thanks. I'm kind of rethinking it right now. I'll find the perfect setting soon, I promise. Um, Lone Star says, oh, yeah, excited to see that change. And then here's Mechardome. Look, it's back. That's Zisto. Yep. So uh, real quick, though. Uh, Nevitz with his bacon reminded me that yesterday he decided to try some bacon soda. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so uh, how did I like? I know how that went, but would you like to tell Chad Nevitz how that went for you? Ooh, no, see, I, I, I've had the, I've had the bacon soda before. Ooh. That's <laughs> no, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if the bacon soda actually tasted like bacon. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like it. Does not. It's like it's like somebody tried to synthetically duplicate the taste of bacon without ever having actually tasted bacon, uh-uh. and just decided, well, this is a soda now. Mm-mm. Uh, Mm-mm. It was uh, well. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know why he. he I don't know. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, he tagged me, and, and all of my response was, was "Why?" <laughs> so. Oh yeah, no, it's just <laughs> why. Why bacon soda is a thing, I don't know. And more power to you if you actually enjoy it. There's some worse we, ones. We can't out be friends. There. There's some worse ones out there. There's like a ranch soda. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, There's a no, mustard it's... soda. Like I only know because my wife likes to watch YouTube videos of people like drinking and trying, them, trying, uh, just trying the them out. Things. Are you going to congratulate Nevitz on his other too? Uh, that's up to him if he wants to uh, announce it or not. True. So I don't, I don't want to steal his thunder. So, um, yeah, it was the face I think I made when he said, "Yeah, that face right there is what she says." So, not good, but not terrible. Surprisingly, yeah. So. Oof. That's more than most people. Most people have called it terrible. Yep. So I I would go as far as saying that bacon soda. Any of the bacon sodas I've ever had, I think I've tried. Well, maybe two or three different like different oh, yeah. brand, different makes of oh, it. Yeah. And oof, yeah, oh, that is. I can't believe you tried different ones after the first one. I well, it's, well, no, no, no. It's, it's you kind of go off the philosophy of try everything twice because the first time it may have not been good. So, you know, you drink it and you're kind of like, whoa, okay, maybe this is off. Maybe it's expired. Like, this is not good. So you try another one and you're like, nope, this is just as bad. <laughs> and then somebody comes up and they're like, look, I got this bacon soda. And you're like, really? You, you, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried one and it will be the first and last. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking from experience, you're not missing out. All right, so we went over uh, alchemy. What was next? So then we've got well, armor smithy. Yep. So so with with armor, of course, your standard crafting of armor things are going to be kind of like little buffs. You know, give your armor uh, a few more uh, hit points, or even like a fortification buff. You know, kind of resist a resist a death blow. Getting into armor artificing, it dramatically changes the way that your character enters combat, uh, including things like. I mean, the the standard kind of additional hit points, but then it'll get into modifying, say, the way your hunker down works. It'll make it so 
at, at really higher level or, or uh, more impressive things to where if you take a, a blow that would normally kill you like a force slay, a dire eviscerate, something of that nature, you call you call your what is it, I think it's reduced mm-hmm. and instead suffer a trip. And that's a trip for five minutes during which you can still fight and everything like normal. It's it's as if you were tripped. But if you get to the end of the five minutes of the trip, you immediately fall into your your death count and you can't be brought out of the trip except for something that would raise you out of your death count as well. So a force restore or anything like that. But it kind of gives you that extra few moments, extra few minutes of continuing to fight or if you have an ability yourself like like with crow did uh have the ability to say force your story yourself you can do that you can get the trip continue fighting force your story yourself because you know what's happening and then just immediately get back up mm-hmm. so yeah as the the armor is armor artificing is probably what i would consider the easiest way to augment your character so that you have pure survival potential so and it's what's really cool about the armor augments is they can be put into any implement that acts as armor that includes a suit of armor um, as long as you have the right kind uh, mage bracers or even a shield Mm -hmm. so it's it's all of your guard stones which are what the armor augments are called can be put into even like a shield and it can be really cool because some of the ones that you can put into a shield is like if your shield is you know three times per day if your shield is struck with a shield cripple ability you get a free use of parry mm-hmm. against it so it's basically just three resist shield cripples per day yeah i've thought about that one actually so oh yeah it's first first time so Mechanum says semi lurking working today no problem I appreciate you being here even with the lurk oh, and Blackberry says this is the first time I've seen you actually wear your fur tunic it looks good so Blackberry would be the one that made this yeah so oh nice yeah so. it looks good I like it I like yeah it. no it's it's been really good there was a zipper mishap uh a, a little while ago because it was leaned on. Oh. And so the zipper kind of pulled out, oh. but it just needed to be restitched oh, okay. and done. And Black Raider did that. And nice. yeah, no, it was, it has worked wonderfully. Nice. <laughs> um, so just to give people an idea of a few more things that armor can do, like for example, mine, I finally have magical armor. Uh, it gives me three extra hit points. Uh, I have uh, Shadow's Journeyman on it, which lets me, so when someone swings at me for, like, uh, pass or drain, I can actually activate that so that they don't. So pass is something which we talked about last season. Um, Woohoo! <laughs> Subscriber dance. Subscriber dance. Yeah, thank you, Nevitz. Um Pass is something that usually bypasses your armor damage ceiling. So for me, I have a damage ceiling of five. I don't want to go into too much, but like, so if someone swings for pass and they're swinging for 10, I take full 10 damage. So that's kind of scary for someone like me. But if I have my shadows on, then I still have my damage ceiling of five against that, right, which is that, super handy. Well, on the journeyman, that acts as three times per day a shadow polish, right? Yeah. So, so three times a day, you call what shadows or whatever it is. And you get five minutes, five minutes where down. it's then your damage ceiling is applied to pass, siphon, and drain. Oh, same. Megadum, subscribe. Oh, yeah. Oh, it looks really weird from up above. I don't like the view necessarily, but. 
<laughs> oh, don't do that again. <laughs> Thank you for the subscribes, though, guys. I appreciate that a lot. So, um, and then another thing that my armor does is uh, if someone does hit me with a death blow, I have fortitude, so it's reduced. Oh yeah, yeah. Just so, once, once per day. Yep. Fortitude. Yep. Yep. So, so I think one thing that gets kind of overlooked in the armor artificing things that is actually really helpful. It's a little bit expensive, but is actually really helpful is a gladiator helmet. And a gladiator helmet, once it's uh, finished and you wear the helmet, it does have to be done onto a physical helmet. Mm -hmm. And if you wear the helmet, you get an additional hit point added on to literally everything. So it's plus one completely stackable with everything else Mm -hmm. hit point. And a lot of people will look at it and think, oh, well, it's only one hit point and it's fairly expensive to make. Why would I want this? It, it's there for those who have kind of hit right towards their uh, their damage ceiling cap to put them over by that one point. So let's say if you have uh, a damage ceiling of five, like mm-hmm. you do, and 25 hit points. After five hits, you, you go down. You add that one extra yep. hit point on, you take those five hits, you still have one hit point left, yeah. you're still up and fighting which could be the difference of calling that self-grant well-being or drinking a potion reading a scroll, you know, any any of those types of things to yep. kind of get yourself back or even like a vigor, you yeah. know, it's that one hit point could be the difference yep. of being able to take that step back and call your vigor to get all your hit points yeah. back, so it's I, I think it kind of, it, it gets a lot of of grief because of how expensive it is to make but it is for that that specific situation like in your case where if you're right at that that cusp of five hits knocks me down or five hits doesn't knock me down it's a wonderful addition because it can be added to any suit of armor including your suit of armor which is already magical Mm -hmm. you can add it to your armor and still get all the bonuses yeah. So, yeah, one hit point is a lot. Like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's with, with with damage ceilings and with the way that damage is done, specifically in mythic. I mean, this this yeah, is this a is mythic mythic specific, specific thing. Uh, yeah. With the way that hit points are done, with the way that damage ceilings are done, and damage is done, one hit point can actually make a ton of difference. Yeah. See, yeah. so as Boji saying, you know, like he, he, he got one. Them. Yeah, it's it's. I I found mine wonderfully useful several times because it's it's that that was the thing that broke me over the cap of 30 and you know like you like in a situation where you have a dc5 that's a difference between either six hits or seven hits Mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff can happen between swings so yeah yeah, that's i got a plus one on my shield also so plus one hit points yeah yeah so that's actually fairly rare yeah because a lot of times the the hit points that will be put on armor is what's considered a gear bonus yeah and then from augments will be considered a power bonus so so they will stack and a lot of time if you get a shield that has hit points on it it'll be considered a gear bonus as well which doesn't stack with armor. Yeah. So if you've got your shield has plus one power bonus, yes. that's actually pretty rare. Yeah, I got so, a party treasure, and I went. Oh, yeah. I immediately went up to uh, to uh, uh, who is it that does them now? Why am I drawing a blank? Armor is from Banner. Banner, yeah. I went to the Banner. I'm like, yo, I need you to install this. He's like, oh, you got one. Yep. <laughs> so he was super impressed with it. So, oh yeah. yeah. 
Oh yeah, like I said, they're 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 quite rare and to have them made. I think they're actually an elusive. Yeah. To, to have them made. Yeah. So, so I was lucky to get that one for sure. So yeah. is the one on the helmet considered a power bonus too? Stackable. So it's stackable regardless yep. of what it's called. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the big thing. That's why that's one of the reasons why the gladiator helmet is so expensive is because it's fully stackable with everything, which includes your <laughs> uh, vitalities, your magic armor, your magic shield, everything. It'll literally stack with everything. He's thinking that's with the shield. Yeah, the shield. <laughs> thinking with shield, or he's pointing at the shield, just saying that it's awesome. I don't know, <laughs> one of the two, but now it's a shrunken shield. What are you doing? He's messing. He he has points, and with points, you can mess with the uh, sure. with the emo- with the uh, channel icon. So whatever they're, whatever they're called, emotes. Yeah, emotes. He, he messes my emote. So <laughs> well, all right, you have fun. So. All right, so that right. was armor smithing. What's after that one? So after that one, we have medical artificing. Uh, medical artificing is often completely overlooked. Uh, I think it's because a lot of people don't go into it. It doesn't get a lot of uh, marketing, I guess you could say, uh, as far as like weapons and armor and stuff like that. People use those over every day. Medical uh, creates in artificing your flesh wards so flesh wards and bloodstones <laughs> so this your uh, you're capable of having any implement made for you as an artifice item as long as it does not have magical or artifice properties already so that's that's one of the big things that like a lot of people uh, when they take into consideration of getting something made for them is they usually need to supply their own fizz rep. So I've got kind of a couple examples here uh, that that I'll show for the for the different things. Uh, your flesh wards are going to be any kind of leathery or flesh or bone or anything of that. I've even seen people use like small vials of red liquid of blood to indicate that it is a medical like flesh ward type thing. But any, anything like that, I mean, any of your little little pieces of leather or anything like that or fur, anything that that kind of represents flesh or bone or anything yeah, like, like that. My tooth right here counts yep. and I actually had it... Um Recently, finally got my, uh, I think it's a troll regeneration one that I got installed on there, which is super handy. Yep. So, so. Uh, Gaming Mama says, hey, hey, and then uh, Mr. Ann, woo, another subscription. Yeah, I get subscription going like crazy. It is the day of. Ooh, Mechadom was bit boss, but he's not going to last very long at this rate. Oh, Mechadom, you better get in there. Oh, but he's working. Uh-oh. Probably doesn't even notice. Nope. You might not notice. Oh, well. <laughs> so, how um, you doing, Gaming Mama? Thanks for being here. The The biggest thing about the Flesh Wards or their Augments Bloodstones is to augment, again, utility abilities specifically for survival or... Uh, Regeneration. Mm-hmm. So where you can get like the troll's blood, you can get augments for strength. You know, if you want to get like your your what I think it's just ogre strength is what it's called. You get your permanent you know plus two bonus to, to strength and stuff like that. I'm trying to remember what mine is. I think mine's regeneration, and that's the one I want to get. I think mine's is, do they do hunker down and stuff like that? Yes. Or I think mine's a hunker down one. Okay. So yeah, so there, there's the hunker down ones. The the one that's really good is the, 
What is it? I think it's... I forget what their guys... I want to say it's the Bloody Well-Being one, but I think that one's in Runic. Not... Mm-hmm. But anyway, there, there's one that makes it so if you're in your bleed count and you're hit with a first aid, you can call Empowered once per day. You can call Empowered and get a grant well-being instead. Wow. So, yeah. So, so really cool. The, the Flesh Words and the Bloodstones are all about uh, healing, either self-healing or healing others or anything like that. And the big one is regeneration, like Trolls yeah. Regeneration, you know, three times per day, regenerate yeah. on a 10 count. Yeah, that's you. I that, want that, huge. but there's no one in town. So, like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know how I'm going to get it. So, I might yep. have to buy it from the CMA or something like that. So, well, so, so that's that's one of the big things. So, you can't actually purchase uh, artifice items from the CMA. So, the CMA, I think, was talked about briefly. It's kind of the in-game Citadel Merchants Alliance is, is what it's called. It's, it's like the, the big main city merchants guild. And you can go there for a lot of things. You can buy components. You can buy consumables. You can buy all of your list of generic crafting things. When it comes to artificing, you can't buy artifice items from the CMA. The only thing that you can buy from them is the schemas or the diagrams that you can give to somebody who has that the, the skill. So like a medicine artificing, if they have a medicine artificing skill, you can go buy the say trolls trolls blood mm-hmm. uh, schema from the CMA and give that to the person to then make but not only do you have to then pay the CMA mm-hmm. but then you have to pay for all the components and everything that is required to make that item so you'd still have to find somebody yeah, in town or an NPC who is capable of doing so okay. so yeah that's that's kind of the that's one of the big things with the artificing is you can buy everything you need to have it made from the CMA, but you can't buy a made item yeah. from the CMA. So Lone Star just donated 75 bits and became the bit boss again. Makes my triumphant return, he says. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. So that's that. And then what's the next one? So on the there? next one we would get into is runic artificing. So runic artificing is kind of an interesting one. Uh, on your normal regular rune crafting and everything you have your runes which are just kind of your your standard paper runes which you prime you get a one-time use ability tear the rune up you're done with runic artificing you get your focuses so and they can be like you know a wand or even like little jar of crystals or, or something like that, like Crow for his spell focus has a, like a small red crystal uh, that I had a, a character create for me and does a, a bunch of really cool things. The big thing with runic artificing is modifying spells. So if you are a spell caster, the first person you want to look for is a runic artificer. Because they will make make you capable of doing incredible, incredible things at the higher levels, uh, even going as far as changing your daily use abilities to something even bigger. So you know it's it's where you get your uh, your your daily use abilities of elemental casting. And then as soon as you get so far down the elemental casting, you can do like your fire bursts and stuff like that. With your runic artificing, your your kind of higher level runic artificing, it'll make it so you can spend any uh, uh, like battle 
spell that you you might have and get a fire burst instead. Mm. But it's also an empowered fire burst. So instead of just doing your fire burst, burn you five, you get a fire burst, burn you 15. So lots of really cool things for spells. Uh, Big things for spells are going to modify your force abilities. Like it'll make it so your holocaust goes from 100 points of damage to like 130 points of damage. Which again, wow. which again doesn't seem like a lot, but in the course of you know talking about how one hit point can make the difference, thirty extra points of damage can be the difference of killing a creature or not. So yeah, it's it's great spell uh, augmentation. So David says, uh, have Jovi post on the in-game boards what he's looking for. A merchant or NPC friend might notice the in-game post and help you find what you're looking for. That's good. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. So so that's actually the primary way that artificing was kind of done before, before players started being able to do artificing. Uh, one of the, the big ways is you'd have to post on the on the boards and then somebody from Citadel or somebody, you know, a merchant from the outlying, you know, towns or anything like that would see it and specifically pay you a visit. It's still perfectly a, a viable way to get things done. A lot of people just kind of prefer to keep their money in town. Mm-hmm. And because of the way things have, have gone... Uh, which we could blame on one specific character who is now retired. A lot of townspeople will sell artifice things cheaper to other townspeople than, say, a merchant will. So so the problem that you're going to run into is if you ask an NPC to come in and do it for you, they're going to do it for you at full merchant cost, yeah. which at something like that for like your, your three times per day, you know, troll, troll blood journeyman thing could cost you as high as four or five gold where if somebody in town was doing it for you they'd say okay it's going to cost you a gold plus whatever components yeah there are yeah i've been noticing that so so yeah so that that's kind of one of the big things uh, about getting an item crafted for you is if you are going to go outside the town expect to pay for it even if you are in town there is expense expected so just just be prepared. Okay. All right. So after Runic, we have Scroll Artifice. So now Scroll Artifice is, is kind of the same way as your your standard scroll. So of course, with your scroll making, uh, your standard craft is going to make scrolls, and it's the whole gambit of scrolls from cure you scrolls to. Uh, to drain scrolls, you know, your necromantic scrolls to useful ones like Grant Perry, Grant Dodge, uh, Grant Wellbeing, stuff like that. As you get into the artifice, you will make spell pages and you actually get access to a couple of very high level scrolls or consumables within artificing itself. Big thing, of course, about your spell book is going to be augmenting spells, but it's going to be much more powerful. Like your spells do more damage, or you get to cast more spells per day, or you know th- things of that nature. Going up to uh, having a spell book that actually grants you the ability to get just a use of Force Arcane or Force Mystic, just just get an additional one per day. So it can be very handy, even for somebody who isn't a spellcaster, because I I, I guess I I should have prefaced 
all artifice items require that you be trained in that specific type before you're able to use it. So if you're trying to use armor, artificed armor, you either have to have the armor smithing craft yourself or diversified training in armor to be able to use it. If you don't, the item has to be user friendly mm-hmm. and, and user friendly is a perk. I'm going to get into all the different like uh, enhancements and perks and stuff afterwards. Um, but the user friendly is going to be a perk that makes it so you don't specifically require to have that to use the item. So with like a spell book, it could help you very well because you're not a, a caster by nature. If you got, say, a user friendly spell book that gave you the ability to do force mystic once per day. That's going to give you the ability to do a force restore or like a force heroism just once per day, just for carrying this little book on you. So it can help you greatly, especially like kind of what your character does, what your character is all about and everything. There's been a bidding war going on and they're talking about a baby now. And so we didn't scroll up. So, Uh, let's see. So after Nevis posted about Jovi posting in the thing, Cheyenne cheered 50 and said, she says, she's coming for you, Lone Star. And Lone Star said, bring it on. And then he says, oh, I don't have as much money to put towards bits now as I did last season. What with the new baby? I think I donated like 2500 last season. No, that's totally fine. I understand, especially with the baby, Lone Star. You don't have to donate at ever, but I appreciate it. And then Gaming Mama comes in with the big 200 bits, <laughs> becoming the first place bidder for the month. Uh, and then Shay says, yeah, I have 50 free from 7-Eleven for buying monsters. That's cool. I didn't know you could do that. Uh, and then she says, and then uh, I asked. Still me. <laughs> the producer asked, how's the baby? And, he, and Bones <laughs> said, it's growing. Storm Dragon comes in with one bit. And then Nevis says, just wait until baby gets bacon-eating teeth. Start him young. And then Lone Star says, he eats bacon through mom's milk now. And he also subscribed uh, for three months. They have subscribed for three months total. So, and he says, "Yeah," because he just healed himself back up after all that damage. So, right. we gotta get some dancing in, dancing in, dancing in for the bits and for all the subscriptions. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> I even made some shaking sounds uh, that time too. <laughs> Make my own music. It's like a tambourine. Yeah. Um, so, I I just recently got a spellbook thing. Oh, see, there you go. See, it just validates I what even, I said. I don't even remember what it does, though. I need to find out. I think it lets <laughs> me... Re- I think I can get rid of a lay on hands for something. It lets me do something else if I don't use a lay on hands. Oh, you do like a... Get rid of your lay on, lay on hands for like a font of life? I don't think it's that cool. Because because I mean, I can always go there, grab there, it. There, there is, well, I mean, it's, but, but yeah. I, I, think, I think there is one that lets you do something like that where it basically lets you trade out like the level five ability of one thing for the level five ability of another thing. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a big thing with scrolls and mm-hmm. with the uh, with the spell books themselves is kind of trading those skills around and out and everything like that. So, yeah, it's the, you know, instead of having a lay on hands, you get a font of life, yeah. which is, you know, five minutes of heal you for heal you for you know just cast a uh, heal you for just again and again and again which again can be very useful depending on the situation mm-hmm. so uh let's see after that i think after scroll is tinkering yeah so after after scroll is tinkering now tinkering is 
kind of odd and different in, in the in the world of mythic and kind of generally with how all the other artifice things to me at least it seems displaced but appropriately displaced uh, a lot of the fizz reps that represent tinkering things are going to be kind of your clockwork more steampunkish mm-hmm. type thing so i kind of brought like you know this here is a monocle with some like gear shapes and and stuff on it um but it can be something as simple as like a, a little pocket watch or just a gear or, or something of, of that nature the tinker twists are really really good whenever you need to conceal find or bind somebody is is kind of how i i relate tinkering and the specific abilities that it has is you can do like a tinkering pouch that adds six levels to your level of conceal whenever concealing anything on yourself and of course you have all the things like your anti-magic manacles are in the the tinkering Mm-hmm. artifice stuff uh, which makes so if you put manacles on somebody there and and activate them they have one once per day uh, activation use of you put them on you activate and as long as they're wearing the manacles they can't cast magic at all so the the tinkering stuff some of the things of tinkering can get really really involved mm-hmm. so you really kind of have to to watch the wording of tinkering items because they will not only augment an ability, but they will prevent you from using the first ability at all. So it'll be one of those things where it's like, instead of using this ability, you can now do this. And if you attune that tinkering item to yourself at that, the logistics or, or through the course of, of an event, you can, actually hurt or stifle your character by removing your ability to do what you thought you were going to be doing because yeah. you attuned a, a tinkering item. Yeah. So do do be careful when when playing with the uh, tinkering items, the actual tinker twists themselves. Just make sure you pay attention to what they say because they, where they will do really, really cool things, be aware of anything that they might remove from you to give you that extra ability. So... Uh, as well as with those, you get into the higher level bombs with tinkering as well, which are really, really cool. There's a lot of uh, mass bombs that you get with tinkering where you can get like a mass days bomb, which is throwing 10 packets all at once wow. You know, for, for a bomb rather than a single packet or a targeted thing it's literally you just throw this big massive bomb for you know with 10 packets in your hand and scatter it across an area anybody hit takes the effect so lastly for artificing we have weapons of course weapons are going to be kind of the biggest notable noticeable thing next to armor when it comes to changing how your character fights if you play any kind of martial class at all, you're probably going to seek out a, a weapon artificer simply to just do more damage, do other types of damage. That's that's going to be the big thing with weapon artificing is it changes how your weapon behaves. So now, like with all the artificing things, if you've already got a magic weapon, you know, if we found in, in Party Treasure or something like that, uh, plus one magic weapon. Or something like that. 
you can't really do a whole lot with it mm-hmm. unless it has augment slots. Then I'll get into all the augment slots and everything uh, after we talk about these. Um, but of course, with weapons, it's going to be changing how much damage you do, the types of damage you do, or it's going to augment your damaging abilities to do other things, either more or less, based on kind of what you need to do. Kind of the the big ones that I always like to recommend to people is either uh, the twin hand uh, uh, enchantment or the, uh, what is it, the third hand, I think it's called. Twin hand is the much cheaper version, and it makes it so anytime you do a force twin strike, which is your two two strikes of force 30, instead you get five swings wow. of force 10. And then, of course, on the way expensive side, you have your third hand, which is anytime you do the twin strike, you get a third swing of it. So, and it's just, you know, so anytime you do your twin strike, it's force 30, force 30. You have a third hand weapon, you get an additional force 30. Wow. And that can just be ridiculous. Uh, one of the things, especially for Mythic, because of the types of creatures and uh, modules, events that we run, especially lately, Righteous Twin is probably the most requested one because it's extremely inexpensive and makes it so when you do your Twin Strike, you get two swings of Force 50 Cleanse. Wow. And so any of your your demons or your undead or anything like that just get obliterated by it. Mm-hmm. So, is there a way to extend the duration of a created weapon? Or very rare. So there are some magic items that have come into game, or some specific event type things that have come into game where you you expend this item on another item and it gains three additional months or gains three additional uh, or six additional months to its duration. Those are exceptionally rare, but they do exist out there. I would recommend to anybody, if you're getting an item created for you, especially something you're going to use long term, say your your armor, or your weapons, or like a flesh ward, if you want like the, the troll regeneration, mm-hmm. ask the crafter to double the coin cost of, of the production to make it a year duration. So there are a couple of things that can extend the uh, the duration just out of out of the gate. Um, by default, everything created has a six month duration. If the crafter spends double the amount of coin, so if something co- costs me say 120 copper to make, if I instead elect to choose 240 copper when creating it, it extends the duration to a full year to 12 months. I will always recommend this yeah always 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 recommend it because it only increases the coin cost and it only doubles the coin cost any of the components are not doubled so if you've got a really really expensive one where it costs you say 400 copper just straight coin cost to make which is a gold a full gold and four philosopher's dust and an adamantium and they, you know this and that and it takes like six gold worth of components to create it is 100% worthwhile to spend the one extra gold to extend that to a year duration 
so that after six months you don't have to pay the entire cost yeah. which is you know it's spend the eight gold right now rather than seven gold and then in six months another seven gold yeah to have it made so i mean you end up saving yourself a ton of money in the long run if it's something that you're going to be keeping for long term now if it's something that you're playing with or you're not sure if you're going to like it like with the the regeneration one you might forget to to use the item all the time in cases like that where you don't know if it's really going to mesh mesh with your character well or if you're going to remember that you have that item to use it or anything like that i'll recommend because they're a little bit on the less expensive side go ahead and get a six month duration one and if after that you find that you're just using it constantly then go back to that person and, and buy a year duration one so because it's always going to be worthwhile so lone star asks is it six months in game or six months in real life so they are pretty much the same so when a week passes in the real world a week has passed in game as well so it the answer is yes for both but yeah it is real life time so well and and it is real life time more so because if you end up missing a lot of game you know if you go on vacation or if you can't make it to game for two three months or something like that and your item only has a month left for its its uh duration by the time you get back it will be expired so uh there has been some talk about this because for a lot of people who maybe can't come out to every game or for those people who visit or can only visit like on Winterfest or during the weekenders they can't come to all the wednesday events they can't come to the the seldom saturday events and stuff like that uh there have been talks about kind of modifying things nothing nothing set in stone and you know it's i've personally talked to several people who have kind of wanted to as as player emissary who have wanted to put it on the docket of like hey can we have this changed over like you know i get this item it's only got four months duration left because a lot of times when you find items whether they're magic items or artifice items in party treasure they don't have six months. They're not newly crafted items. They're items that have been around for a while, so they might only have three or four months left on them. And for somebody who, say, gets one of these items in September at the last weekender and isn't even going to be there until June, the, you know, the next year for the next round of weeks, it's going to be expired, and it's they're, they're feeling really kind of... Uh, I, I get just bummed. Yeah. yeah, they're they're just bummed that they can't really justify rolling on the items. You know, when when party treasure is split and stuff. You know, rolling on these items and getting these really really cool things that absolutely fit their character, but they're not going to be there. So everybody convinces them like, well, you guys aren't going to be here until next year. So give this item to somebody else who's going to be playing. That like they just get bummed and they mm-hmm. and they've come to me and be like, so I've gotten a couple of really really cool things, and then have been approached later by other players that basically say, hey, give me that since you're leaving. Like you know, it's it's pointless for you to have it. Like you should hand it over. Like it, it makes me feel bad as as a as a player to be yeah. like, wow, we actually like we have other players going up to yeah, not- to, to people and being like, hey, you should give that up because you're not going to be here. Like that that's not fair. Like you got your item, yeah, you, you got your yeah. stuff, and you're gonna be getting more because you're here more often. Just let them have the thing. Yeah. Like it doesn't change anything in the long long run. And especially since it only has three months duration remaining, but it's, it's not gonna hurt anybody for very long until it expires anyway. So 
Mm. So it, it's it's on my docket of things to to kind of talk about and bring up and, and stuff like that is kind of the way that uh, items are used and, and stuff. But it's just a little bit of a, I guess, logistical nightmare to do it any other way. Yeah, I understand that. For sure. So like Lone Star says, so you're only actively playing your character a few hours out of the week. Uh, so kind of. Yeah. So, so the way that uh, like a lot of the half day of events the the wednesday modules are is that's when big calls of authority are kind of kind of put out where you know people will step forward and be like hey we've been trying to do this thing and now we need help and so that's that's when the adventurers kind of all get together and be like hey we're gonna go help this person um the, every other day of the week is spent either doing downtime activities, you know, you can always email uh, plot for downtime activities. I know there's like a big forum thing going on right now where you can go and help like the merchants guild or help like the nobility of the town or, or anything like that. That all counts towards your downtime usage to kind of have additional benefits happen throughout the week between events, between, you know, those kind of call outs for help and, and uh, requests for assistance. And we're actually going to do an episode where we talk about downtime and how to utilize it and stuff like that too. So, um, so yeah, I don't want to go into it too much, but yeah, there is stuff going on in between the games that you're doing via email and stuff like that, but you're not, you're still not necessarily utilizing your magical items or stuff like that. Right. So, but yeah, so. Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash errorstar. That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R. Ascendance Gaming Center in Salt Lake City, Utah is a proud sponsor of the LARP Lounge. Ascendance Gaming offers top-of-the-line gaming PCs, VR stations, retro gaming consoles, and board games. Located at 583 Billings Road, Suite Number 5 in South Salt Lake, Utah. Mention this ad and get a free hour of PC game time. I, but I can definitely see where those people are coming from. The only show for the weekenders and stuff like that. Like, even I would be okay with something for them that's a duration for when they're actually playing. You know, what I, mean? right. I, I wouldn't do it for everyone, but for people like that. It makes sense because it does kind of suck for them to get this item and then be like, oh, I'm never going to use it. Well, and it's the same thing. Like we have a couple of people that were really regular players with us and then they moved out of state. Yeah. And they try to come down to to come to every once in a while event, you know, with Winterfest coming up uh, as, as a great example. They'll usually try to come down for Winterfest specifically to participate in that event. Yeah. And this last Winterfest that, that we that we just had last year, a couple of them showed up. Two of them that I can think of specifically showed up and literally sat down with the module runners and said, you know, here are all my items that I've accrued over the years that I've played with you guys. What's what's still valid? What can I still keep? You know, it's yes, I haven't been here. I moved out of state and everything. And I know at least one of them was told, sorry, like it's all expired. Nothing you know, like you get to use none of this. And it forced that person to literally just sit there and do nothing because they were the the way that they built their character was very item heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's they, they they were kind of item usage dependent. And you know, sitting down with their stack of items and being like, "Hey, here's my stuff. What can I use?" And being told, "Nah, nothing." 
well, okay, I'll sit here and role play. I literally can't get involved in anything else now. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. And and so yeah, it's it's those those types of situations. I think garner a little bit of of special treatment. But then if you give those people special treatment, other people will whine oh. and complain and want the special treatment as well, even though they come regularly. Yeah, you know, so for somebody who's there at every Wednesday event. If we if we give them the same treatment, their their items might actually expire quicker than just having, say, a six month duration on it. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of logistical things yeah, to, to oh go yeah. into when it when it comes to uh, artifice items, magic items and their expiration and everything. And so it may be play tested in a little while or it might be just completely nixed and everybody's kind of used to the, you know, hey, your items are uh, are month specific, you know, they expire this month. And then there might be a couple of special cases where if, say, the weekend players get an item, they might write on there like for use during the weekenders mm-hmm. or something or like, you know, because you got it in September, this is good between June and June, August yeah. instead, you know, for, for your, this three month item, instead of, you know, lasting from September to December now goes to June to August. Yeah. But, you know, there, there you, go. you still get your three months. You actually get to use the item. We're not worried about you abusing it because you literally are incapable of showing up. So, all right. Does the expiration for the beginning or the end of the month? End. Okay. So so whatever the month that is written on the item, uh, whether it's the uh, item card or the scroll or anything like that, any created or magic item lasts through the month okay. that that is written on it. So okay. if it says August on there, if it says, you know, 8 of 20, it lasts until the end of August until it is no longer 8-20. So as soon as it becomes 9-20, then it's expired. Oh, okay. There are... A few exceptions, very, very few exceptions, where it'll have a specified date. Mm. Those that have a specified date are usually a one day or module specific. And so if it does have a specific date, it'll say that day's date on it. There have been, again, very, 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 very few exceptions to that. But like I've even gotten an item where it's like, this expires August 21st. And you look at it and you're like, August 21st is like a Tuesday. So that doesn't even make sense. What's going on? And you you just need to talk to the module runners and plot about it because it might be a plot specific thing that they anticipate that you're going to say use during some downtime. And if you don't use it during that downtime, by the time that next module hits, by the time Wednesday hits, they have it expire on the Tuesday so that you can't use it through the Wednesday for that half-day event. Okay. So. One Star says, do people ever try using it longer and claim they forgot it had expired? I, I haven't ever experienced uh, it, but I would probably say I'm, the answer is yes. I'm sure it's happened. It's, I, I'm sure it's more often that people just honestly forget yeah. when things expire because, you know, I've got a, a stack of items, you know, this this whole big stack of things here, which I guess you can't actually tell on camera how many things that is, but it's quite a few. Um, I've even lost track of when some things expire. You know, I'll I'll kind of self-audit myself, 
you know, periodically and I'll be like, oh, I've got three items that are expired. Yep. Did, ha- have I used any of these items? I did. I used this item. Whoops. And it happens. If whether people are doing that intentionally or not, I'm sure it's happened. Yeah. But we, we would like to discourage it and say that our player base is very honest and don't do it. But I'm sure it's out there and I'm sure it's happened. See, I, I bought mine on like milestones so that I would it would help me remember like right. your weapon I bought at Winterfest. So which is why I asked when it expires because right. you made it for February. So now I know after Winterfest it's expired. Yeah, yeah so like that, pretty much the end like <laughs> Winterfest is over and weapon and is dead. And my weapon is dead. Like literally. It's like that's why I did it that way so that I would remember when it expired. And then I bought one of them during the summer. So I just know during the summer I need to pay attention to, I believe it was the August weekend or like I don't right. even remember, but I buy them at Milestones to help me remember. So I don't buy this. Well, and I, I honestly think a lot of people do. Like yeah. they'll, they'll buy it at those kind of memorable things. They'll buy it at the beginning of the weekender season. Yeah. So, that, you know, May rolls around. They know I have all this stuff I need to replace or they'll do it right at the end of the weekender season so that they have it through the next weekender season and can accumulate all the money and, and items and stuff you get through the weekenders to then repurchase it again. So, you know, the, the end of September hits and they come up to them and they're like, hey, remember that cool sword you made? <laughs> I need another one of those. Yeah. Wow, here's my here's my weekender earnings. Yeah, can, can you do it for me? or at Winterfest or at kind of those special occasions? Yep. I think a lot of people do it that way because, like, I mean, I know I've got I've got things that expire almost every month of of the year now. I mean, yeah, I mean one, two, nine, five, four. Yeah, I mean it's every every month of the year I've yeah. I've got something that expires, so you have to just kind of keep keep track of it. And yeah, it's exactly what what Nevitz is saying there. It's I think that's that happens more than I think people realize. Yeah. Is yeah, you, you just don't. You just don't know when your stuff expires because you have so much of it. And you're like, I use this. Oh, never mind, I shouldn't have used that. Huh. Yeah. Whoops. See, and like I actually need to look into my turtle ring because I think I don't oh no. It did expire, but I legacied it, so I was good. So, so, so legacy is going to be the exception to that, where you can spend your mythic points or your money to just give it another six months at any time. Like even right now, if you had the money to do it again, yep. you could just extend it right now, paying the legacy cost, and you'll just get an additional six months on it. Oh, okay. So, Not from today, but from the when the six months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it extends the duration. It doesn't oh. give you six months from when you pay the legacy. Okay. It extends the duration six months. So That's if you, so if you want to jump on and you want to throw down. The what, nine gold or whatever it is right now to extend it three times. There you go. Now you have an extra eighteen months on it. Never says I'm gonna have to do that with my armor this year. Yeah, he's super bummed about that because he has some pretty unique armor. Is it legacy armor or? No, it's not. It's, it's it was just, something made by another character, but it's a character that's retired. But he did some experimentation while making it, which came oh, out with yeah. some. Bonuses that are very nice, and he's not. Yeah, he's gonna miss. Yeah, I was, I was four slots. Say, I was, I was gonna say from from the iron. That's actually holy cow, four slots. Yeah, oof. Yeah, so he was hoping so. so bad okay, to so get that extension. But. So so getting into that stuff then of the uh, of of the artificing things. So when an artificing 
implement is created, whether you're the one creating it or you're having it made for you, it is always going to have a single augment slot. So just, just one, a single augment slot. The only exception to this is large, heavy, two-handed weapons, okay. which come with two. Now, the okay. reason that the weapon is specific is because a lot of people will dual wield. And so if they have, say, two one-handed swords, they get two slots. Lots. So why are you punishing somebody for going with the harder-to-use okay. weapon so it has two slots with staffs specifically having two augment slots, one for weapon, one for rune, I believe, for, for spell focus. Um because it's a because it's a staff, it's you know specifically like kind of more castery and, and, and whatnot. Um but uh, they all they all come with one. Now when you have your item made or you make the item, you can add a number a number of what are called enhancements to it. So if the artificer is powerful enough, they can do like double perk, triple perk, double augment, or triple augment. And that does exactly what it's what it sounds like is it doubles or triples the amount of perks or augments on an item. Now same same thing with perks. It comes with a, a single perk mm-hmm. that they can have. So a single perk, single augment. Now with the two-handed weapon, if you do double double augment, you get three, not four. So it doesn't double the two. It's you get one for free, as it were. So, so the, the two-handed weapon comes with one augment and then is either doubled or tripled, and then you get one additional on top of that. Okay. So it's not two slots and then double those or triple those because it would just be ridiculous to have a weapon with six slots. That, yeah. That would be dumb. That would um, be so broken. <laughs> and it's, I think there's, there's a couple of, of weapons out there right now that have four slots, and those ones are pretty broken. As, as they are. No, it says Hammer of Fall for the win. I think the Hammer for Fall is one of them that has four yeah. slots. Well, it's, so. a, it's a artifact, though. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's it's they're usually very very broken items. But I don't I don't think Boji's ever had more than like two things ever augmented into it at a time anyway. So so he had you haven't abused your hammer the way you should. <laughs> um. So, but you have to choose those at item creation. If once the item is made, it cannot be enhanced later on. So if you have, say, a sword made for you, Crow was a weapon artificer. So I'm going to refer to weapons the most because it's not it's what I have. Yeah, it's, knowledge. yeah it's, it's, it's what I have the most knowledge of. But I've poured over the Book of Secrets probably more times than anyone else, including Gomez. <laughs> um, doubtful, but um, see, I forgot what I was saying. Never says he has three slots right now, or three. Oh, uh, you've, you've got three of the four full right now. Wow, see, you still need to get another one. Uh, oh, so so if you have a weapon created for you and you don't have any enhancements done because the enhancements are more expensive, it, it occurs more cost onto, onto having the weapon made. Or, or just the implement made. If you don't do it now at creation, you don't get it later. So you can't you can't enhance something. So if I make a sword for you and it has a single slot, and you're like, oh, well, I, I you know that's fine. I'll put this one blade stone in, and then you find a really cool blade stone later. You're like, hey, can you just enhance this to have enough? That can't happen. So 
that's with perks as well. So perks are small additions that you can add to any implement to increase their usability. Of course, the most used perk is going to be user friendly. Mm -hmm. So because that's what makes it so you don't have to be specifically trained or so a, a another character doesn't have to spend their hard earned skill points in either diversified training or into the craft skill to use your big, hugely over overly impressive crafting things. So that's going to be the most used one. And then a lot of the other ones are going to give you like additional knowledges or lures, uh, things like that. I know with weapons specifically, you can put a perk on there that makes it so when applying a consumable to it, it only takes a three count rather than a five count or to where you can actually store one in the weapon. So at the beginning of the logistics, you go to the module runner and say, use your sharpening stone two or whatever and attach it to the weapon and then anytime during the logistics you can just activate it and, and immediately then get the effects because with a lot of the consumables they only last for like five minutes yeah so you might not want to do it right out right out the gate or you might get into a battle and think oh i, I need this uh really cool thing like i know a lot of people have put like shadow polishes on you know they're like oh we, we step into the room and it's full of ghouls or whatever and they're like oh shadow polish and then it turns out like they walk in and all the ghouls are an illusion or they walk in and all the ghouls fall to one hit or something like that. And you're like, oh, I totally wasted that item. <sighs> OK, yeah. so by being able to kind of store something into it, you can enter those fights and stuff like that. And before you activate it, you can kind of swing a couple of times, you know, hit, hit, hit. OK, these things are, are a little tougher. Activate and then you're hitting harder. Yeah, suddenly. So, uh most of of the artifice uh, implements have those types of things that you can do as perks. For weapons, one of the biggest ones that was always asked of me was the magic damage perk. So there was this, all of all of the other uh, damages and whatnot could could be done as well, but for a single skill point usage on my end and a perk. You, you get the magic damage type. So for those of you who don't know or maybe aren't familiar with LARP or anything like that in Mythic Realms specifically, the magic damage type, uh, as opposed to silver, fire, earth, air, wind, or normal, basically bypasses any creature's resistance. So a lot of creatures will say, like, uh, has a damage, damage ceiling of three, except against silver and magic yep. or like with drakes and stuff like that is, is they have an all slide, which means they take one damage from literally every attack unless it's the magic damage type. Hmm. So it's, yeah, it's there's, there's lots of creatures that have stuff like that. Um, and very few, like I think some of the ones that don't get bypassed are like werewolves. I think werewolves, they have a damage ceiling against everything, including magic, except silver. Yeah. So, so they've got a specific weakness, um, but that's fairly few and far between. So that one was always requested of me, and it was usually requested as a double perk so that they could have user-friendly magic damage and then whatever it is. So 
on implement creation. So just kind of dive into, he said, he said we were going to go in depth into, into artificing things. So when an item is created, you create any, any implement that it is, uh, whether it's the alchemical or tinkering or weapon or armor or anything like that, you create the implement, the implement gets a single ability. And that's done from the entirety of the list of recipes that you know for that uh, for that artifice from the Book of Secrets. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, there is the Book of Secrets in the rules section uh, on the website. So if you just go to the mythicrealms.com into the rules section, there is the Book of Secrets. And those are all classified into their recipes for each different type. When you create the implement, you get a single ability on it that can be of any recipe that you know. You then get a single perk and a single augment slot. Mm -hmm. You can then, if you are strong enough of a artificer, can put the enhancement on to increase those. Once that's finished, the item is is complete. So you do your enhancements, you do your implement ability, and whatever perks, add whatever perks you're going to be doing, and that's it. Augments are then done as a completely separate craft. The crafting for artificing runs off of the same crafting as your standard craft skill. So with your standard craft skill, there are five levels. For, for all of the uh, crafting abilities, you get two production points per level you have at it. So at fifth level, you have 10 production points. Most implements will cost you 10 production points to make. So you're only going to be able to make one item per logistics or per, per game unless you're a master artisan, which I was going to get into it just for, for just a little bit. Um, augments can then be created for... Or, or as any recipe that you know, unless specified that it's implement only. So, which again are very few, and usually if it is, are very powerful. Uh, for weapons, there is a weapon augment specifically that is only the implement uh, ability of plus damage. So if it's, say, like a plus two weapon, that can only be made as a weapon. There is then a bladestone, the the augment version for an additional plus one, which is completely separate and specifies augment only. So you can only ever have a plus two as the implement and a plus one as the augment, which would get you a plus three weapon. So that's that's a lot of people are like, well, how do you get like a plus three weapon? That's how Mm -hmm. you have to have a plus two implement and then a plus one augment. Very, very expensive though like you're talking a plus three weapon with literally nothing else on it it's just plus three damage probably cost you somewhere in the tune of like 11 or 12 gold for six month duration oh wow and then probably plus another like three gold on top of that if you wanted the year duration so you're looking at about 14 ish gold just for a plus three weapon. That's no damage type modifiers. That's no additional slots. That's no additional perks. That's like nothing. That's not even with user friendly. That's that's ignoring the perk altogether because that's additional cost. Wow. So very, very expensive. And 
every artifice kind of has that item. You know, you, you you always run into the things that have that kind of just maximum overly powerful uh, elusive recipe item. So, so for those that don't know, what are recipes? So, so the recipes are the actual uh, abilities that you know that can be put onto an implement or into an augment. So it's going to be things like uh, we've talked about the troll's blood. Troll's blood is a specific recipe in medical artificing that then allows you to create an implement or an augment that have that has that ability. Like implements or, or like abilities, I guess I should, should say, cannot be benefited from the same uh, item. So you can't have an implement with the troll's blood and an augment with the troll's blood to get six times per use yeah. or six times per day okay. use use of regeneration. Same thing with weapons. Even if you have two weapons, if if if, if say crow created for you two weapons, this one is a plus one silver weapon with three repels. This one is a plus one magic weapon with three repels. You're only going to be able to utilize three of those repels. You're not going to get six. Because they're like abilities in the same implement. Yeah. Because they're both in weapon implements. Mm-hmm. So you so you can't stack them on like that. So even if you do like a big, you know, triple augment, two-handed weapon that has, you know, now four slots in it and everything like that. And you just want to fill it up with nothing but, say, death blows. So you just want, you know, your 15 death blows per day or whatever. You, you can't. You just you can't do it. It, it does not work. So, uh, when the augment is created, uh, you're usually given like a little stone unless it's being installed immediately. Uh, when it, when augment is created, it can then be installed in, in an item of, of the appropriate implement type for a slight infusion cost. Now, infusion is a new ability that is given to artificers that your standard crafters don't have. So even with your standard crafting, a lot of standard uh, crafters can still do artifice recipes as long as they have the schema to do so. So if you go and buy one of the schemas from the CMA or if we find them in part of your treasure or anything like that, it'll specify on there requires alchemical uh, or alchemy level five. So somebody with alchemy level five, so without artificing, can now create that item if they're using that schema. Okay. Infusions are specific to artificers, uh, especially to use infusion points and do a number of things. So you'll find them in the same recipe list at the very end, a list of infusions that each individual artificer has access to. Some of them are very similar. Some of them are uniquely different for them. Um, Infusions are done by sacrificing a number of consumables from that craft to get a number of infusion points equal to their production point cost. So if you have uh, an item uh, consumable that costs three production points to make, you get three infusion points from that. So to take an augment and install it into an implement takes two infusion points as long as the artificer is of the appropriate type and at their 
forging bench, their their crafting bench of, of whatever it is. Otherwise, it's five. So if they're if you're out in the field and you find some really cool thing, and you're like, hey, we need this installed immediately. Then it's five infusion points to to get that installed. Otherwise, it's two and can be done kind of behind the scenes and everything like that. Um, other infusion points can be spent to use infusion abilities, which are temporary, sometimes fantastic increases to, to, to somebody's health or abilities or damage or anything of, of that kind. Uh, infusions include, I'm just going to pick on the, the weaponsmith ones. I could go into some of the armorsmith ones, uh, like blinding speed and stuff like that, which is probably the best one because uh, it gives you five sidesteps. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but some of the weaponsmith ones are like the Dagger of the Assassin, which is an infusion that you specifically put on a dagger, and it gives you one use of the assassinate ability. You just assassinate. Um, you can also do like Weapon of the Demon Slayer, which you can put on any weapon, including a mundane weapon. That weapon then becomes, I believe it's a plus three magic cleanse weapon that once per day it's either once per day or once per battle has the ability to do an offensive force restore your spirit oh okay so it's specifically meant for like fighting demons on the yeah. dead and, and stuff like that so lots of really cool things it, all it costs is infusion points the the artificer themselves can spend uh, some of their own essence so if they want to drain one of the uh, skill points out of their reservoir they can immediately get 20 infusion points. Now, infusion points are a use them immediately or lose them thing. So if you burn an item that gives you five infusion points and you only use two of them, the other three are lost completely. Yeah. Like you don't get to hold on to them. You don't get to keep them until later. You anything like that. It's, it's use them right now or lose them. So a lot of people will get down very specific to the point of how many they need. So if they need 15 points of infusion, they will separate out their stuff so that they have 15 exactly and not 16 or 18 or anything like that. They will try not to go over yeah. because anything not used immediately for that infusion is wasted and gone. Yeah. Um, there are a few exceptions to this. I think there's been a few magic items that have come in that have said, you know, you can put a number of infusion points into this item and it keeps it for the day. Uh, but it's other, otherwise lost if you don't use them. With that, when you become an artificer, you gain an item card for your... Uh, Reservoir for your artifice reservoir. This is going to be based on the number of points you have burned towards artificing. Now, when you become an artificer or a ritual caster, instead of putting skill points towards combat abilities or defenses or utility abilities or anything like that, you can choose to put your skill points towards your artificing. Those skill points are burned and forever gone. So if you do that, so if you burn, you know, your three skill points to unlock this recipe, they're they're gone. You can't ever use those those skill points for anything else ever. 
When are you considered an artificer? Like, is it the second you take the skill mm-hmm. to craft, you're yep. considered yep. an artificer? So, so both the, the standard craft skills and the artifice skill are utility abilities. Okay. So the standard craft skill will go up to level five. Artifice will go up to level three. Okay. You are considered an artificer as soon as you take, as soon as you purchase level one of that craft artificing. Now, any artifice skill requires that you have level five of the craft skill to be able to take level one of the artifice. So you can't be so like I couldn't be a level five weaponsmith and take level one armor artificing. Uh, I, I could only choose to take weapon artificing. That That's it. Uh, the different levels of artifice are going to be the different things that you can do. So at level one, you can read the schema and you can, uh, I think it's, you can learn common recipes. At level two, you can do research on common things. And at level three, you can research and learn rare recipes. So that's that's going to be the difference. That's why you want to get up to level three, because a lot of the very powerful artifice things are rare recipes. And until you're a level three artificer, you can't even learn them. You can't even start researching them. You can't learn the the trees with those. Uh, a lot of them, the, the expertise groups have several recipes in them. There's going to be several rare in each expertise group, and you can't even learn those ones until you can do the research which you can't do until you hit level three. So they don't give you any additional production points or anything like that. It's purely for your use of research in artifice. And and that's it. Uh, Depending on how many points you've spent in artifice will unlock different abilities as you kind of master artifice. Uh, Once you get to 50 points spent, you can start researching elusive or unknown recipes and like I think it's as soon as you get I don't remember what level it's at now as as soon as you've spent a certain amount of of artifice of of skill points in artifice you unlock additional benefits as well like certain things costing you less money or less skill points or something like that and then the same as with ritual in artifice as soon as you have more than 200 points spent in artifice you're supposed to immediately alert plot because then something special happens for you 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 have become a true master of the craft and you get an additional benefit from it so like with crow crow mastered both artifice and ritual and with my artifice Uh, A couple of things that I unlocked the ability to do was retain infusion points. So if I if I overspent on infusion points, I could actually hold on to them for a little bit. Um, I could use all crafting dust interchangeably with itself. So if a recipe called for specifically like a philosopher's dust and a celestial dust, but all I had was a Tolarian dust. I could just substitute it out. I can just be like, ah, it requires a celestial, but here's a Tolarian. It works. And the the big perk that I got was once per year, I get a free use of the infusion of the Slayer on myself, which the infusion of the Slayer, you you do the, the full infusion. So your 30 count uh, infusion 
and you get then five uses of Force Slay to immediately use. Wow. Um, normally a very, very expensive infusion. I can once per day just use it for free. And if I use that one, I get a sixth swing of slay. So just once per year, I just get six free slays. Wow. Just, I just go ham. Just, yeah. <laughs> so not a lot of things can stand up against that. Maybe some scaring or something like that, but now not in, a whole lot. Infusions are separate from like augments and stuff like that. Infusions yes. are like for module... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are. They are very, very temporary, uh, lasting either five or ten minutes, or for the one module for the logistics. Um, they are put on the implement specifically, but is user specific. So, if say you had this weapon, and I put an infusion on this of like uh, of the demon slayer, let's say. Only you wielding this weapon get that ability. Okay. If you wield a different weapon, you don't get the Gone. ability. And if anybody else wields this weapon, you, they don't get the ability. Okay. Only you wielding this weapon. I basically link the two of you together through the infusion. And only you using this weapon gets to benefit from that. Now, like with that one, I believe that one lasts for the entire logistics. So even if you gave this to somebody else to use for a little bit and they gave it back to you, you'd be fine. But they don't get any of the benefits from your infusion. So same thing with uh, with the armor. Like there's a really cool uh, uh, weapon or armor armor infusion that makes it so your armor, regardless of type, can appear as normal clothes. Yep. For That's the my day. favorite one, armor of cloth. Yep. I used it in the yep. summer. Yep. <laughs> so, but it, it's it's the same thing, and it only benefits you wearing that specific suit of armor. So, if you try to put on a different suit of armor, you have to physically put the armor on. If you try to give your armor to somebody else to use, yep. they have to wear the physical armor. It's only you wearing that armor gets to appear as cloth, meaning it's basically just a way for uh, players to not have to wear the big, bulky, heavy armor for a day, because a lot of times, especially during the weekenders and stuff, it can get really, really hot, and running around in this, it's heavy, it's hot, it's difficult. We've had people pass out before, and I think we even talked about it last season, where, like, yeah, we've had people just just clunk out and faint, but... uh, it was basically put in there to alleviate a little bit of that stress because you don't want to just stop playing because you're not wearing your armor because, frankly, you're kind of a tanky character. And without your armor, you're a little squishy. Yep. So they, they kind of put that into game to make it so you don't have to always just be running around and sweating you know, profusely. So they put that in there. So if you need reprieve for a day or something like that, you know, a hot August day or something like that, you have that cast on you. And then for the day, you just don't have to wear your armor, but you get all benefits of. Yep. So, yeah, it was super handy when I had it. It was yep, liberating. <laughs> it is, I, I think I think there's even an, an elusive armor one that just gives it that at all times. The armor of cloth, it costs like nine infusion or something That's, like that. I, I think I think it's ten, ten infusion and a skill point. Is it a skill point? Maybe. 
I don't even know if it's a skill. Yeah. I know it's like so, 10 infusion, and that's why I started collecting shadow polish. I can find out very quickly here. Like, and then, and I, because I had to provide the infusion points, which I did, so. Yeah. So, um, and again, the infusion points are gain, gained by just the artificer using consumables. Yeah. So for for something like that, where it's just a, a quick infusion, you hand them over a couple of yep. you know armor buffs or something you, you've, you've acquired over the last little while, which are very easy to obtain and very uh, common. It's it's just ten ten infusion. Yeah, so I had to give him like some armor buffs plus one and some shadow falls, and he did it. Yep. So. Yeah. So so at, at ten infusion, it's actually a very cheap infusion. Mm-hmm. That uh, yeah, basically I, makes it so you don't have to wear your armor for I just a day. Had to have so. banner there, and that was the only problem. Yeah, so. so so that is the big thing is is with the infusions again because they are artifice specific. You're probably not going to find any schemas or anything like that that lets somebody else do an infusion on you. There are a couple of rare magic items that have come into game that they've kind of play tested with or that have been won from like the mythic raffles and stuff where it's like, hey, you get three charges of any one common infusion. I choose armor of the cloth because that infusion is fantastic and this will make it so three three events I don't have to wear my armor. Ah. I'll have to talk to you after this because at the raffle I got myself a free level three magic item. So... Oh, a level level three uh, uh, crafting crafted item. I guess. Okay. So I need to find out what I what I should yeah. get because yeah. I don't. I'm not familiar enough with it. And there's too many options out there. So, um, if if it's is it level three specific? Like you get, I one. get a level three, a level two, and a level one. I think I got the big one. Oh, you get oh you get one of one of I each think, level. Yeah, I, I think I got like one of the big raffles. Like right. So, so yeah, so yeah, it's it's your your level three items. Yeah, you can probably get some pretty pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So now it says I think there should be some in game effect that makes it cheaper during the summer months. <laughs> that would <laughs> well, be cool. No, no, see, see, no, no, no. It's it's uh, it should probably be the other way because the 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 reason the reason that they put it in there was for the people that wear the big heavy armor during summer to cost as much as it does. To, to alleviate that a little bit because the other times they want you, I mean, they want you to be, be wearing yeah. your armor and stuff. They, they don't want to make it easier to get out of having to wear your armor. So I would say it would almost be more expensive in the summer or less expensive in the winter in, in the winter and stuff like that. So, you know, it's in Supply the and demand. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, winter time, it costs five summertime. It costs 10 or winter. It costs 10 summer. It costs 20 more. Yeah. You know, type thing because yeah. it's, they, they, they want to keep up the, the illusion of, of the game of the fantasy. And if suddenly you don't have to wear your you know big blue, shiny scale armor and instead can just kind of put a put a jacket on because, you know, or you know, whatever, you know, just run, run around in your shirt. It takes away from that that immersion mm-hmm. of, of the game. So, no, they, there's no way that they would make it cheaper in the summer just to just to give somebody a little little bit of a break as that. I don't see that happening ever. And to be honest, ten is relatively cheap anyway. I think I think yeah. I had to give them. I, I what? How much are shadow polish? I think they're five each. Like, I think I had to give uh, them two shadow polish. So I was done. Like it wasn't really that bad. I think shadow polish is four. 
fortification buff is five, I think. Was it? Yeah. Anyway. So, but even a couple of those and a couple of armor buffs, yep. I mean, that's, that's eight. I, and I remember I gave him like two shadow pulse and an armor buff plus two, I think is what it was. And, and that, that, that would be it. 10. Yep. 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 So. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's relatively inexpensive. Most of the infusions are pretty inexpensive mm-hmm. until you start getting up to the either multiple effects or the high level effects like assassinate. Yeah. Um, because it's a dire level effect and it just gives you a free use of assassinate. I think that one is, I think the dagger of assassinates like 15 infusion and three skill points wow. and a strenuous. So let's talk about strenuous for just saying. So with your, with your, uh, reservoir, as you spend more points, you get to accumulate more points in your reservoir. The, Skill points you burn towards your reservoir can then be used towards in-game things. So, like I said, there's a lot of downtime things that can happen, a lot of behind-the-game, uh, behind-the-scenes things yeah. that can happen. But during a module in a game, anytime you do do any of those things that require you to spend a skill point or any personal essence or anything like that to bring down an artifice wall or to infuse something or any of those types of things, have to run from your reservoir. Alongside with your reservoir skill points are reservoir strenuous. And even at max at, at 200 skill points spent in artificing, you get five strenuous per year. That's it. So every April they reset, which is kind of the mythic new year is, is in April. Mm-hmm. Every April they reset. But from April to the next April, you only get five. And so doing something like the dagger of the assassin not only is it very expensive with the with the cost, just with three skill points out of your reservoir, 15 infusion, it also requires you to burn one of those strenuous. Now, the reason that the strenuous are so revered is because for an artificer, they use their strenuous to harvest materials as well. So any artificer is going to be able to harvest three main components for for artifice um for weaponsmith specifically i can do fade root mithril and adamantium and mithril is not used very much by weaponsmiths but it's used very heavily by say armor Mm -hmm. armor artifice or even tinkering Artifice. Oh, yeah. um, I think it requires a mithril uh, tinker artifice and can make like the high level locks. Yeah. And it requires a mithril for a level oh, seven okay. lock. So tinkerers and armor smiths will use mithril all the time. So say an art on armor artist, uh, armor artificer can't harvest mithril. I think they get like fade root, uh, onyx, and something else. Red Ruby Dust, maybe. Uh, whatever it is that, that they get, they harvest those things, but they can't harvest Mithril. So that it was done intentionally to kind of force players with crafting skills to intermingle either with the CMA or with other players. So an armor artificer would come to me and say, hey, I need some Mithril. Will you harvest some for me? I know it takes you know from your reservoir. It's a strenuous, everything like that. How about I kick back and I know you use Onyx a lot. You harvest me some mithril, or har- I'll harvest you some onyx. We'll, we'll call it. We'll call it square. And now I get a bunch of of a component that I have a hard time getting a hold of. They get a hold of a bunch of something they can't get a hold of, 
and everything's everything's square. So strenuous is one of the big things that you always need to watch out for because if you're going to request something, you know, a, a uh, infusion or something like that, and it's strenuous, it might actually cost you more, more than just what the infusion just is. Just the infusion points. Yeah. Yep. And you go to somebody and be like, hey, this thing costs 15 infusion, but it's also a strenuous, and they might be like, yeah, it's going to cost you two gold. Yeah. Makes sense. So Nevin says, I won't use that infusion, the armor of cloth infusion, which he's talking about. He won't use that infusion with Boji. His armor is too iconic, I think. And I kind of thought the same thing, too, but it gets hot. And oh, yeah. I, I'm, no, I'm, e- even for iconic armor, it's it's just a way to kind of, again, it's to give yourself a reprieve during those really, really hot days so that if during the day, if you just have to take your armor off and you plunk it down like in the tavern or something like that, just have somebody cast that on you really quick. And then if somebody attacks while you're resting, one, you don't have to worry about dying as quickly. Because, you know, somebody's attacking you, but you still act as though you had your armor on. And then two, if somebody comes in and they're like, hey, we're leaving now and you want to go to that. It's not the give me five minutes to give me my armor, you know, to, to get my armor back yeah, on or I'm 15 minutes. Always like just, that. Right. Right. You, you don't have to worry about those things. And it's just a little bit of, of the reprieve for those excruciatingly hot days where you can't just wear your armor all day. You know, as as Crow wearing the other my other armor. It got hot. It got heavy. It got just a pain to wear, especially during the the really hot days or really humid days or anything like that. You know, we get a bunch of rainfall and stuff like that. Now you got a bunch of leather stuck to you. It's not fun. So no, it's 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 a way to just kind of alleviate that for a little bit. It's not meant to be used every day. It's it's not meant to to be used as a workaround for having armor and in order to benefit from it you have to have not only your item card for your standing armor but the fizz rep for the standing armor so if somebody goes to cast that on you he has to have this armor physically with him for him to benefit from that he then gets to take it off go put it in his tent mark it as out of game you know all that all that good stuff because he's wearing it it's just lessened uh to cloth mm-hmm. right now but he still physically must have it as as both the fizz rep and as the item card of its magic armor to to gain the benefit from that infusion so that's i think a lot of people don't don't understand they're still a lot of things that kind of work backwards from that and you can't just use infusions and artifice and a lot of the in-game things to subvert other rules like i couldn't just walk up and be you know as crow with my medium armor just say oh well i had armor of the cloth cast on me so now i'm wearing heavy armor because hey hey heavy armor is better than medium armor so um or or people that wear light armor like this would be classified as light armor I can't have this have armor of the cloth cast on me and just say that I have heavy armor now because it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Like this is the armor that it's replacing. This is what it represents. Okay. So he says, uh, Yorska says, hi, by the way, that's his female bearded dragon. <laughs> hi, Yorska. <laughs> says, Only if it's one of those bearded dragon where you look at it and it kind of does the whole like, 
thing. His bearded dragons have good personalities. Do they? Okay. Because yeah. I've I've seen that happen a lot with people like with their with their lizards and their bearded dragons and their geckos and stuff in the tank. Anytime you like look over at them quickly or whatever, they look at you and go, you know, or when you just kind of like lift up a hand like, hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have good personality. I like them so. So to kind of, to kind of pull all the artificing things together, you can see here um, I've got a number of different things. Each thing represents a different piece of artifice. Uh, your standard popsicle stick is what you see with the majority of, of everything. These are nice and easy because they can be printed on. We've even got little stamps to, to mass produce them and everything like that. And this can be as easily represented as drinking a potion or anything like that because even if this has the name of uh, a potion or a sharpening stone or an armor mm -hmm. buff or anything like that, with its expiration and everything like that, using the standard popsicle stick for all of our normal consumables and even the advanced consumables from Artifice, now it's used. Yep. And that cannot be disputed whatsoever at all that that has been used and is now no longer able to be used. So that's that's what's used there. When you get into Artifice, a new thing that you'll see are the large popsicle sticks, which for comparison, just for size, yeah, you can see that pretty good, is much, much bigger. The large popsicle sticks designate usable components for artifice specifically. So I've got a couple of examples here. It's what has your mithril and your onyx and your different dusts and stuff like that. We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> but this is used to represent the big components, as it were, for artificing specifically. So if you ever see any of these, you know, if you see one laying on the ground or, you know, kind of half of one poking out or something like that, it's it's meant to be that way so it can be easily identified as that type of component. So that's that's why they went with these ones instead of a lot of people will still use the small ones for components like when they're when they're doing their logistics and they're drafting up and everything like that they'll still use the small ones but that is neither ideal or requested and a lot of times if they're making a lot of them or long duration components they'll actually specifically be asked to go and obtain the larger ones later like they'll sign these ones for now in case any of them need to be used today but they will ask them to go get these and have those converted over to the large ones instead. He says she's watching this show very intently and there she is. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yep, we got a new viewer. Ne Nevich just sent over a picture of Yorska watching the stream. Yeah. Yes, he yes said, she was. And it does look like she's very intent on it. So oh, yeah. just, just staring she, straight at she's it. She's glued on it. Moving pictures. <laughs> I'm trying to make her the screen. Yep. So, and then you have colored uh, uh, popsicle sticks. Yellow is the only restricted color. So you can use anything else that you want for your items. We've had a lot of people will use like orange ones to, to show like a healing item or they'll use green ones to show an armor item or, you know, th things of that nature. You're usually fine on that. Or we've had uh, a couple of people they'll do, uh, they'll color the tips with marker. So they'll, they'll cover, uh, color the tip with like green and then like a black or silver, like 
cross or plus sign in, in to indicate that hey that's a healing item and that way if they're if they're all like kind of in a bag or anything like that you can just tell from the tip you know hey this is a healing item this is a armor buff this is a whatever uh by designating the, the tips as different colors for your different things uh just because it makes it easy you know like you you have your wrist thing for yep. it if that was covered more where you couldn't like read it and just like the one tip was poking out you could totally color the the tips of all of your shadow polishes black and you know hey i've got three black tipped popsicle sticks right here those are all shadow polishes or something like that the only restricted color is yellow and it's because yellow is used to designate high level or otherwise prismatic components for rituals or high level artificing so if if anything is on a yellow popsicle stick um as i have here you know i've got a rune dust and some prismatic gems and some prismatic dust those are reserved with yellow popsicle sticks so same thing with those um anytime you have a different item made for you say a lock it comes with a number of keys. Mm-hmm. Keys need to be designated on popsicle sticks as well. If for nothing else, again, because these are very easy to represent as items in, in game, keys can be stolen and keys can be broken, which, which a lot of people don't, don't take into consideration. So if I take this key and I just, this key is now no longer usable for that lock. So if you've got a lock and, no, I, and you know, I... You don't need like a strength for that? You can just straight up... Well, I, I think... I've never been told anything different, but it might just be because Crow was really, really strong, and they were just like, yeah, Crow can do it. Crow can do it, yeah. Um, it's, if you try to do it, you might want to specify, but as far as I know, the keys themselves act as your standard consumable and can be broken wow. just as a standard consumable, and if, if broken, is now no longer usable. So if you have a lock made for you and it comes with seven keys, I get a hold of all of them and I snap all seven keys you now don't have a key that can open your own lock. So the bigger portion of that is because keys are stealable. So just like any other component or any other in-game item, they can always be pickpocketed from you or physically taken from you. If you've just got this, you know, sitting in your sitting in your bracer, if I've got this, you know, sitting right here or something like that, and you reach up and you take that, that, that is 100% yours, you have taken it. I will probably try to get it back, but you have successfully taken it. So keys like, like this one here is, is, is a key. It says key for this specific lock. If I have this key and I find the lock that it goes to, I now have full entrance to that, that building or that chest or that whatever has this lock on it. Manacles. Manacles. Yeah. Yeah. So, so any, any of those things, anything that has a lock on it will have an associated key with it. And some people, like with manacles, they'll only have, say, one or two keys made for it, even though you can have, I think it's up to seven for any any lock item. You can have up to seven keys made for it. A lot of people for manacles will only get, like, one or two keys made for the manacle because they don't want to have just this big, you know, big thing of manacles or a big thing of keys for all their manacles. So they only have one or two keys. And if I'm if I'm manacled and you're standing right next to me and I reach into your pocket and I pull this out and it's okay this is key for this one these manacles are this <laughs> and now I'm out and it's happened before it's it's happened in game before yeah. um, which is why we need the representative of those things yeah 
there are a few exceptions to the popsicle sticks that are specifically used with artificing. As you can see here, I have a specified item, which is a Nicrether, a highly illegal game, yeah. illegal item in the, in yeah. the, in the game. Um, this is from Crow's stuff. Surprise, surprise. Um, all, all of this stuff is from Crow's stuff. Uh, so yeah, so surprise, surprise, I, I have a Nicrether. Um, they will oftentimes use the different colors to represent that this is dramatically different from anything else. So even though it's just a, a Nicrether, it's just a consumable, it's not a, a crafting component or anything like that, they, have, they decided to put this on a large orange popsicle stick because it represents that it is dramatically different and is visually able to be determined yeah. as dramatically different than anything else in the game. So it's not yellow. It's big. It's got a regular name on it. It's just a regular consumable. But if I had all of these things together and sitting in a big pile, you would notice that one out of everything else. Mm-hmm. So that, that one that one because it sticks out so much is noticeable right away. So I think I did that all right behind the microphone. Yeah, you so, can see it. now you can see it. Now you can see. And even that, even though you can only see it just a little bit, it still sticks out yeah. in, in, in the pile of stuff. So that's that's the reasoning for that. Now with fizz reps, a lot of times you are required to provide your own fizz rep for every item that you have. If you do not have a fizz rep, you cannot use the item. So if all you have is the item card, you cannot use the item. It represents the fact that your character left it at home, that you lost it on the trail, that you maybe stuck it in the bottom of your backpack and you can't find it right now, anything like that. If you are unable to produce the physical representation of an item on request, then you do not get to benefit from the abilities of that item. Regardless, uh, there are a couple of exceptions again with the kind of tinker twist stuff. There is a tinker twist that allows you to essentially hide an item and it makes it so you can just put the item out of game and you're in, you're just out of, out of game stuff, but still gain the benefits from it. So, but again, rare and a very specific thing. So unless otherwise specified, your items do not need to be out visibly in the open. There are a couple of magic items that specify this must be open or must be worn openly or something like that. There is no artifice item that is specified to that. So if you have a tinker twist, you can absolutely stick it in your pocket. If you've got a big spell focus, you know, wand or something like that, and you put it in your bag where nobody can even see the thing, that's fine. Uh, Just understand that if your bag is, say, pickpocketed, and they get everything in the main pouch that would be considered the main pouch of your bag, and the fizz rep goes, they get everything. For They get the item card, they get the fizz rep, they get everything. Your fizz rep will be returned to you. Just just mind you, so if, you know, if you're going out and you're buying a bunch of expensive stuff, your fizz rep will be returned to you. But the item itself is gone. It's you, you've lost it, it's been stolen from you, whatever. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes for dropping items. 
if I'm walking along and I've got, you know, this bouncing around in my back pocket and it slips out and falls and the person behind me picks it up, I am now I, I am now required to give them the item card and everything associated with it. So even even if I don't want to. So that's kind of a overview of your fizz reps and everything, your items, your actual artifice items, they're going to go on a standard item card. So all, all of the templates and everything like that for scrolls, for runes, for item cards, everything like that can again be found in the, uh, in the forums, the, the, from the website, just go into the, I think it's the logistics tab and into the item creation. There's just a pinned thread for item templates. You can go on there, you can grab this. Um, the regulation for item cards is it has to be of their print. So there's very specific print on here uh, for their item cards and must be printed on orange cardstock. If it's printed on orange paper, it will not be counted. And if it's printed on cardstock other than orange, it will not be counted. So if at logistics, you try to fill this item card out with the item that you're trying to create for somebody, they won't be able to use that item. It's they, they will count it as like you made a mistake during the crafting. It's going to take you another week to, to fix it. You know, all, all that kind of stuff. You won't lose out on your logistics. You just won't be able to utilize the item for the day. So even the item itself has to be printed. Hmm? The item itself has to be printed or just the or just the template has to be printed. Well, if you're if you're using the template, as long as you print the template out on orange cardstock, you're fine. Okay, so you can you can handwrite what the item is and the ability. Oh yeah, the that's template yeah. It's stuff. it's yeah. The template is literally just this, so it just says you know the item name is this, the magic level is this, item type is this, stuff like that. So I mean, I don't know if we can get a good shot of that. Way up in the also thing. has a question too. No, can normal pockets be pickpocketed? Like like pants pockets and stuff. Yeah, it's it's anything. So the standard use of pickpocket is going to be either done with a sticker or with a small clothespin. And any containing pocket, whether it's a pocket or a bag or anything like that, that could have a sticker stuck to it or a clothespin clip to it can absolutely be pickpocketed. The overlying rule on that is that it must be accessible and visible. So if your pockets are, say, under your armor, you can't just clip something to the outside of the armor and say, well, I know he's got a pocket under there, so give me everything. Like, that That does not oh, fly. Okay. And so, that, I mean, that's why you'll see a lot of stuff like uh, Oren was really good about, like, keeping his, his pouch and stuff tucked in, like, under his armor and everything because it wasn't available or visible. Which means, like, you can't just clip it right here and be like, well, I know Oren keeps his money pouch down on his necklace down under here, so clip. Okay, that's mine now. Um, if, it, if it is not accessible and not visible, then you cannot pick it. Now, that also means that if you, say, sit down and your armor moves and your pocket is now exposed or your pouch is now exposed, it can, for that moment, be pickpocketed. I might want to start wearing my pouches under my armor then now it's, that it's longer. A lot of people do. So yeah. that's that's why you'll see like a lot of people they'll have like dummy pockets, the dummy pouches and stuff. 
and you never see them put anything in or take anything out. It's because they're literally just empty. And then they'll have all their stuff will be like, mm, oh, ha, ha. you know, like actually concealed. Mm. So. I might have to do that then. No, no. So so even even if they put the sticker on your pocket and the sticker falls and sticks to your knee, that's, that's too bad for them. So a couple of... of Rules for pickpocketing. I guess we'll, we'll get into that a little bit since since it was brought up. Uh, a couple of the rules for pickpocketing is the sticker or clothespin must stay attached until a marshal approaches you. So if somebody was to say, put the sticker or the clothespin on you and you notice it and you go, well, what the heck? And you flick it off. As soon as the marshal comes over, you're like, no, I saw it. Yeah. And, and the pickpocketing attempt has failed. Yeah. Same goes for anybody else observing you. So if I put this on him and you walk over and you notice it and you're like, hey, what's going on with that? And takes it off. The pickpocketing attempt has failed. So if, if they stick a sticker to a pouch that you have like thrown over your shoulder and it falls and it sticks to your armor somewhere down in the mid region... It, it means absolutely nothing. They can't pickpocket your armor. So if it mm-hmm. fell off of the, if the sticker just falls off the pouch and sticks somewhere else, but again, it's too bad for them. Their pickpocketing attempt has failed. So everything is in the favor of 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 the victim. I, I guess I guess you could say of the intended victim. Yeah. So what a lot of people will do, however is they will inform a marshal prior to the pickpocket attempt so that the marshal can jump on it immediately. So what they'll do is they'll inform a marshal, hey, mealtime, I'm going to attempt to pickpocket Boji. Let's say I'm going to attempt to pickpocket Boji for this pouch. I'm going to sit down next to him and you know clip it on. I want you to be right there. So as soon as I clip that on and then stand up, you can step in. Now, this comes with an additional risk of if you do that, as soon as I sit down next to you, I'm like, hey, how's it going? And then I stand up and leave. And then you're immediately informed of, hey, you just got pickpocketed. Uh, You know who did it. It's a little bit meta because technically you're not supposed to know. That's why a marshal is supposed to get involved instead of the person just being like, I pickpocketed you. Give me all your stuff. It's really, really meta for you to be like, oh, well, that person was sitting next to me and now my pocket's empty. Uh, a lot of marshals will tell you you notice the pocket is empty as soon as the next time you get to retrieve something from it. So you know it's it's you need to again kind of the the sus- suspension of disbelief there. You need to just go about your business, and you know it's not until the next time that you would go to get into that pouch or that pocket that you notice that it's empty, and then you can put together any accusations or anything you want from there. But that's that's kind of how that works. So if you've got all your pockets covered, you don't have any exposed pouches or anything like that, you're technically immune to being pickpocketed. But if you sit down or if your armor shifts one way or anything like that and it becomes visible and somebody's able to get the clothespin or the sticker on it without you noticing and a marshal approaches you, like that's it, all your your stuff's gone. It's just just how it is. Hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah. So with the item cards, um, 
that they again they are they are specified the template itself that is available comes with two different versions so so be aware of what version you're using it uh, one of them is a fillable pdf so you can actually type in so you oh, cool. that doesn't have to be handwritten you can actually type in all of the sundries about it including the back where you write the description or the truly blank one like this is the truly blank one where you write everything in so and that's completely up to you which one which one you want to use i know some people they will do handwritten things so that people know who crafted it yeah so like i i will always uh handwrite mine and i will always put under the item number my crafting item number i actually have a list of every single item i've ever created for people of, of every artifice item i've ever created and i will specifically number it you know kq this well, so I'll have to look at my weapon then. <laughs> so and I'm curious when I when I ended, I think I ended like I, I made a lot of items. Oh yeah, Livid says thanks. Was just curious about that. My pleasure. 170. 170 items. Oh. Barbarians. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it made 170 artifice items. That is item card items, not consumables or anything like that. It is everything that went onto an item card. 170 wow. of them. Wow. A lot of skill points. Yeah. Yeah, I spent, I, yeah, <laughs> I spent a good chunk of skill points in artifice and, and ritual and everything. So. Okay. So those are kind of the ins and outs of artificing and crafting um, I do know if you go onto the forums I have an in-game post as Crow talking about my workshop and if you go to that it will give you a rundown of kind of everything that we talked about here of how an implement is ordered and crafted and specified so you know when when you start the process you choose what implement you want and then you choose whatever enhancements you want and then you choose your perks and your ability and then go into all your augments and everything that's all listed there in in very very fine detail as well okay so so for anybody listening that's interested in starting a new character or those that already have characters we need a medical artificer, all right? I'm just telling you. Medical artificer, important. <laughs> we've, we've had a couple come into town, and they're all, they've all left. They've all left. And we have every, I think we have everything else covered, except for that. Um, yeah, I think, I think yeah, yeah, all, so the, all the other ones are covered. It's literally like our only hole. <laughs> it's like, no, we need a medical artificer. I need my regeneration. <laughs> so... So, so we'll toss it out there. Does anybody have any any questions about artificing or or how to go about getting an item or, or item specifics or LARP in general? Any or, questions? or LARP wells? Yeah, I was going to go into that after. Oh well, but. Northwatch needs a doctor, yo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. So, oh, what so about you? I don't. I asked the questions I had when we were doing it, so okay. I don't know about anything else really. Kind of went into it a lot. I understand it a lot more than I used to. Maybe I'll be the medical. I don't know that I want to spend that many skill points. Though is the problem. It 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 gets there. It gets it gets spendy. 
Mm. Like it's you, you take all of the skill points. Like I think when, when I retired crow, I had like 228 skill points just burned to artificing. Yeah. So you, you think about that and 228 skill points could have been used. That's too any, low. Any, anywhere else. I mean, that's, that could have been used towards combat abilities to get force skills. That could have been utility abilities to get myself more rages or more strength. Um, that could have been just more more weapon damage for me. I could have just gone with weapon proficiency. Yeah. Just gone more more damage. Uh, any any of those things like that's yeah. that's it. those those points could have be could have been spent on a lot of other things. But I chose to go into the artificing specifically. And yeah. How early did you go into artificing? Like, what's how many points were you at when you decided um, to do it? I mean, I I went into weapon smithing pretty early on. Like, it was probably my third utility skill that I picked up or something. So I I went into the weapon smithing fairly early on. I don't think I got into artificing until almost four hundred skill points. Okay. So it wasn't for a little while. And of course, you know, because of the winds of change and everything like that, uh, changes were made to crafting and artifice and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's that's about when those changes came into effect. So I'm like, sure, there's there's more things for weapons to be done now. OK. If it says Boji is still a bit off from artifice by this summer, probably. Oh, so. well, what artifice is Boji going to go into? Just kind of curious there. Um, while he's answering, um, I forgot my question now. Shoot, uh, weaponsmithing. Okay, that's that's fair enough. Start making your own uh, own augments oh. for your hammer. Yeah, diversified training. Does that count as the craft skill or no? So okay, so it counts as though you have the craft skill for use of those items. If you also have the diversified crafting in diversified training, so there's 10, 10 categories of diversified training. If you have diversified crafting as one of them, it allows you to produce one level one item from any of the other diversified crafting crafts that you have. So it doesn't count as the craft skill you know, as far as like giving you two production points and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it gives you the ability to use those items. And then if you pick up diversified crafting allows you to create a level one item from any of them on the, on your list. So if you've got like armor and weapon and medicine, you could, if you then picked up diversified crafting once per logistics, create a level one item from any one of those. Mm-hmm. So with like from medicine is really good because you can make yourself a bunch of first aid salves yeah. or something as well. So first aid salves are needed for a lot of new characters. Indeed. So. Oh, I think that's probably going to be the end of it. We took a deep dive into artificing, like we said. I hope, I hope it didn't go over too many people's heads. There's a lot there for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. It's the, the artificing stuff, especially if you if you look into the book of secrets, you're going to be overwhelmed by the amount of recipes that are in there. Just understand that a lot of them are 
multi-use because there's some that kind of interchange, you know, there's some weapon things that kind of go into uh, medicine things. There are some armor things that go into tinkering things and stuff like that. Uh, It does look a little bit daunting, but if you're going into the artifice field, you only need to look at one of those sections. So out of the seven different crafting skills that there are, you only need to look at one of them. And until you hit 50 points spent in artificing, you don't even need to look at the elusive section. So just the standard section of recipes and infusions are all you need to look at to begin with. And it'll it'll kind of give you an idea. If you look at the beginning, it'll say, you know, at level one, you can become proficient with common things and harvest some fade root. And, and you know, that that's it for there. And it says as you go into level two and into level three, it'll, it kind of goes into all of those things that you can then do. But you only need to look at a very small portion of it. So even though the, the Book of Secrets is very large, very long, you only need to look at one small section. Mm. So it's it's not that daunting if, if you think about it as a small section rather Take than the in entire chunks. thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, Nevis says, yeah, it's crazy. Lone Star says, thanks, guys. And Blackberry says, definitely informative. Thank you. Of course. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thanks for the question. Thanks for the comments. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Especially thank you for the bits and the subscriptions. Always beneficial. Lots, lots Always of follows, follow. lots of subscriptions, lots of bits. Yep. So appreciate that. Uh, next week, I don't know who we've got yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. But I just want to give you guys kind of an overview of what I want to go over this season. Uh, so I do want to go over like backgrounds and like the importance of making a good background for your character. And as one person pointed, not painting yourself in a corner so that you're not kind of pigeonholed into one specific thing necessarily. Uh, I want to go over more into the lore of like the world. So like the different kingdoms uh, and the different, you know, just all the different uh, factions. Are you going to go worldwide or are you going to stick to Roth side? Uh, I might do Taroth on one and Laroth on another. I'm not sure. So, because uh, I know they're kind of might be facing out with Laroth. I'm not sure 100%. There's it seems not a like, whole lot going on over there. Yeah, yeah. So, I might not even touch it. We'll see. Just kind of depends on how game goes. Um, I want to talk about, like we talked about earlier, about downtime and how you can utilize your downtime and what you can do during downtime and the importance of it, you know, why you want to do it. Um, so those are just a few things that we'll be talking about in a few different episodes. I'll have to come up with more as well, but we'll go over that. Oh, we're going to go over classes big time. Since we went over basic skills last season, we're now going to go over the classes because those utilize those skills that we have talked about. So we're going to go into, we're going to cover every class. I know we covered like six or so last season, but I'm going to recover them all now that you've learned the skills to just kind of understand what it is that we're talking about. So. Just stay tuned for all of that. We're, we're going to have probably 10 episodes in this one as well. And then season three will probably be a new LARP that we're just discussing. So we'll have to see how it goes. So right now we're still discussing Mythic Realm. So, but uh, thanks everyone for being here. One final thing we got to say is uh, thank you very much to Ascendance Gaming Center for letting us film here. Uh, it's really would not be possible without them. They have a great space that they let me use and I appreciate it. So here's their website. They're a land center. You come test out their computers or VR. That's the big thing. It's fun VR. Um, so, you guys got some new games for the VR? Yeah, we actually Monster Hunter just dropped on it this this week. So what? We 
Monster Hunter in VR right now. Monster Hunter World? I think so. I seen it last that night when I was be... on there. I haven't been. Those monsters look intense, and to see them in mm-hmm. VR, that would be nuts. Um, I don't know. There's there's another one on there that it looks like a samurai game. We we do have uh, another Beat Saber tournament coming up the 25th. Uh, it's also going to be the same day as our... Um, monthly smash tournament so those those tournaments will go run back to back that day um and then also rumor has it we're going to be featured on wednesday's child on ksl in the in the very near future i think we're scheduled the 27th for them to come in and record that so oh cool so yeah how many so lots of stuff happening down here at ascendance so come and check it out yep there's their website it's got the address and everything on there as well so prices are all on there we do have something new so we have what we're calling the a punch cart. So if you come in and get a monthly pass from us on a normal basis, it runs out after 30 days. That means if you don't come in like 10 of those 30 days, you automatically lose those hours. Our punch pass is good for 30 days and it's only active when you come in. So every day you come in, we give you a day pass that day. You can use it all day long and then leave and if you only come in three times in a month you still have the rest of those so and Lone Star says Aristar you gotta do Beat Saber in your armor are you trying to kill me like it's already bad enough doing LARP only only the super slow songs on easy yeah there you go I've never actually played Beat Saber I don't know I just I want like Guitar Hero I know and I love Guitar Hero but like for some reason Beat Saber just doesn't it's because it's, it's this. It's not just you well, know. know just hey, it's not. Hey, it's not. It's not hand-eye coordination. It's like full body. Like yeah, you, you have, have to dip out of the way. And, yeah. Yeah, and I can't duck in this armor. Like literally. <laughs> that's, so. that, that's why I said only the slow songs on easy, so you see everything coming. <laughs> it says through fire and flames for Airstar. No, <laughs> that is so crazy that when Flopatron did it, it actually it actually made their machine smoke. Oh really? Yeah. Oof. You had to go watch it. It was so intense that their machine started smoking and they had to stop. And then they started up again. It was crazy. Do it. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'll do it. We'll have to see. Maybe I'll do it for one of my Thursday streams or something. We'll have to work something out. Yeah, so we do that full full cape and everything. I guess so. We could do it as a YouTube special. Yeah. Record distant post on YouTube. So. Uh, <laughs> we'll be up on Wednesday morning. On both the podcast, oh yeah, podcast and YouTube video will be up Wednesday morning. So get yeah, listening on that. On podcast media. is available on I think everything now. We're on mm-hmm. Google, Spotify, Google, Apple. Yep. Um, Anchor is our main one. There's a bunch of other yeah. side ones that I'm not aware that I'm not familiar with, but we're on there now. We're we're on like eight or nine different just platforms. Just, just for, all, all the podcasting yeah, channels. Mm-hmm. So. Easy to find. Yeah, easy to find. Just look us up on Anchor or even look us up. Like, I went to iTunes and just looked up LARP Lounge and it was there. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, if you know anybody who's who's interested in getting into LARP or hear anybody talking about it or anything, it's the, the stuff we go over at LARP Lounge has been fantastic. I know it's brought in a few people who have had How's fantastic it? questions. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. wow. That. That makes me happy. I'm glad it's doing what I went, what yeah. I wanted for it to do. Uh, the final thing I want to talk about for those that are here now and those that might listen on later. I know some of the people from Mythic listen on later. Uh, I need a new co-host. So uh, my last co-host, due to life reasons, just busy. She's not going to be able to make it anymore. So uh, it's going to be some hard shoes to fill, but I would like a co-host. So um, 
Yeah, and then Lone Star will be streaming Pokemon tonight. Nevitz will be streaming later too. Nevitz, what are you going to be streaming? Are you going to be streaming more Code Vein? You've been streaming that a lot lately. So I was thinking about getting on later too. Yeah, you're going to do Borderlands more? Yeah. You got to finish that up because I just got out of Worlds. Proceed with caution, so. Yep, proceed with caution. Yep, code vein. So cool. So yeah, catch everybody else later on too. But yeah, if you're interested to be my co-host, come talk to me. I don't know. I don't know if I'll have the time for it. I know. But as I, as interesting as it would be, I don't know if I have the yeah, time. So waifu souls, Boji. Yeah, so that's what he calls a waifu soul code vein. It's like it's like Dark Souls, but it's anime drawn. Like very like cell shaded anime not not, not cell shaded but very anime Boji's gotta be the co-host but yeah I mean it would make sense yeah the two brothers doing S- it smash, smash brother uh, smash brother Larblanche yeah so I was gonna talk to him about it see if he was interested so but anybody else if you're interested too come talk to me so other than that I think that's the end of it thanks for being here thanks for tuning in great season opener I appreciate everyone being here Yep. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming out, guys. Have a great weekend. Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash errorstar. That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R.